Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the final episode of the year of the Zimbabwean Perspective Cast. It's been a bit of a year, <laughs> and I feel that's an understatement. It's been 2020, and I think everyone knows exactly what 2020 has been for them. But in the spirit of finishing things off well, uh, we decided to get a bit of a gang together today. I've got three guests with me. So I'm Clint, I'm your host. And I am joined by Mr. Tanashi. Tanashi, how are you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Great. I'm great. Uh, next to him is a first-time guest, Mr. Kunzman Musa. Kunz, how are you doing? Yeah, what's up? All oh, right. Good. <laughs> great, great. And last but not least is another returning guest, Mrs. Tapiwa Manombo. Tabiwa, how are you going? How are you doing, Clint? <laughs> I got your name right this time. So, <laughs> people yeah, like you said, Mrs. The last episode, but uh, wait, I said Mrs. <laughs> yeah, you did. I mean, I, I, I can never get these right. Defend, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can never get these right. Every I'm sorry. Time. Every time. <laughs> every time. Okay, so that's all good. Hey, I'm gonna talk about tech. Okay, not people and formal titles. I'm sorry. Sorry. But uh, okay, let's try and actually get through everything because today's going to be quite packed. Uh, it's essentially partially a recap of the year combined with sort of signing off on the more recent topics that we talked about on the Zimbabwean perspective. So uh, just to give you sort of a glimpse of what we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about everything from what life kind of seemed like before the pandemic broke, then the pandemic itself, like maybe the first few minutes. And then we'll jump into how tech has been for the whole year before and after that, because we went from having a year that where everyone of course had planned for things to work out and then oops, March happens, coronavirus happens, and you have events being canceled, things being moved, online, some products not launching, some products launching terribly. And of course, in Zimbabwe, we've got the Zimbabwe situation, which everything that happens though around the world just makes what's happening here be amplified sometimes. And so we had a lot of changes that happened before and after the pandemic. And yeah, we're just gonna recap through all of that, recap through the good things that happened, recap through the not so good things that happened, but try and see how everyone's doing and just continue from there. So yeah, everybody ready? Yeah. 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 Okay, good, good. So just a quick update anyway on COVID-19. Uh, in case someone had not been reading this, uh, there are two well, there are two main ones that keep coming up in the news, but vaccines now do exist. Uh, they've been making rounds mainly in more developed countries. And whilst there have been issues that have been kind of starting to arise there, I mean, Canada says it can, what is this? Uh, inoculate people or vaccinate people, is it like five times? All certain countries definitely don't even have the money to put any research into a vaccine. I think the thing that we are at least should be happy about is the fact that 
vaccines do exist now. And hopefully within another year, we can be looking at COVID-19 as a thing of the past. And by the way, I'm actually going to add this right now, just due to the, what was it, the new strain or the new strand of the virus that, was, that has been making rounds for the past week or so now. And I'm just going to say anybody who made one of those memes that, what is it, when 2020 is about to end and you think COVID is over, then boom, COVID Pro Max arrives. I hate you <laughs> because look at what you did. You were joking around and now look at exactly what you did. So I don't know, man, if anybody got thoughts on this whole situation. I mean, it's the biggest story in the world right now. It's the situation we've all been living in. So I don't know, thoughts? I mean, when it comes to Corona, bro, you just have to to go with what you believe now because there are various articles going out there. I mean, I read two articles that were talking about completely different things. I mean, one was from UK. It was yeah. talking about how the new type of Corona is not as, as deadly as the one that was in effect previously before it. And the one in States is saying that this mutation of Corona is actually more deadly so you never know what to believe now because you have the uk and the us which are both reliable sources telling you two different things about corona so, so it actually goes down to what we believe in as zimbabweans what corona is and we just say corona is it's just another flu <laughs> and it's gonna pass <laughs> which is the worst way to go about it <laughs> when I, I go i go into town almost every day and most of the people don't wear masks. And I know that masks don't protect protect anything, but just the notion of people just thinking that corona won't affect them. So they throw caution to the wind when it comes to any any way of, of, of preserving their health. So as Zimbabwe, what does corona mean for us? I just think it means that it's not as deadly as we want, as we think it is out there. Probably no, because we um, haven't seen Corona has a formal job in Zimbabwe and it took, uh, what's it called? Vacation ever since Zimbabwe started. I don't know, man. This whole pandemic has just had people just thinking about, about Corona in various ways. And I think that most health sources are not as reliable as they should be now. So we're all very confused and just waiting for the right well, that right article to just tell us what Sinat is actually right though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have, I, have I, you been by Mbari the past few days? Uh, no, I haven't. You're talking if corona, about Mbari, if Corona was I, in Zimbabwe. My, my yeah. neighborhood. If Corona I was walk in Zimbabwe, out, all those yeah. guys would be dead. All those well, guys would be dead. There was Corona in Zimbabwe. We're, we're luckier, I guess. I mean, it's not as bad here, but it's definitely not something that we should for granted right um yeah you're right when, uh sorry please, please, please now i was gonna say that um it is definitely not as lethal across africa generally but especially in zim it doesn't seem to be that lethal or at least the numbers aren't as terrifying as the rest of the world but i mean you know treating it as a non-event is also very um Dangerous. I would say it's a bit careless because, because, yeah, it is dangerous because even though the numbers aren't scary, there are people that we all know. Zim is a very small country and there are people that literally died because of this 
virus and stuff. So I think, you know, we quickly forget that um, it has hit home and it has affected people. And um, I mean, whether we like the people or not, that's a whole other conversation. But um, I think people should just still take whatever precautions are there for them to, to you know, to just stay safe and protect their families, like wash your hands, wear a mask if you're going out, you know, and, and don't just go out unnecessarily because you don't want to have a situation like in, you know, in South Africa where people are now back in lockdown and it's, it's terrible for the economy, first of all. But yeah, I mean, Clint was talking about the vaccine. Um, it seems SA has made a down payment for vaccines. So they should be arriving around April, 2021. So, hey. Things yeah. could be improving. They could, and hopefully they do improve. But regardless, I, th I think when it comes to this whole general situation, just so that we don't spend the whole day talking about this, because we really could, and yeah. we really maybe should one day. Hey, but hey, I already did a coronavirus special episode, so my onus is kind of done for now. But regardless, um, there is a general idea of that if there's one thing that this year has proven is that a um the world is not as stable as we might want it to be sometimes i mean we think we know things or we have things under control but all it takes is something shaking that up a bit and then we completely go out of whack governments organizations everything but that being said um knowing what to do about a situation and Staying largely in control of it is still the biggest difference over life and death, over profit and non-profit, over getting to a certain point or not being able to reach that certain point. And even when it comes down to a personal level, we all still have to definitely understand, how can I say this? Yeah, we all definitely have to get uh, to still understand that that's what matters most. So even if it comes to personal choice of me having to wear a mask when I'm in my own personal neighborhood, even though everyone else in the neighborhood looks at me crazy when they see me wearing a mask. Um, if it means me not going out as much, even though if it's Zimbabwe, there's December and there's the time that people prefer to go out and go to parties and have all these big gatherings. Even if it means making certain sacrifices, yeah, in this year, we've all been marked by sacrificing for kind of sick of it. But that doesn't necessarily mean the danger is over. So that certain level of personal responsibility or response to all of this is still very much needed and should not be taken lightly. But then as a Zimbabwean, I can't sacrifice anything else. They've taken everything. <laughs> I'm basically left. I'm basically <laughs> really <laughs> though. I felt that within my bone marrow, like I felt it. <laughs> yeah, I, there's nothing else to sacrifice. We've, we've given them everything. Oh man, don't, 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 don't go there. Not yet, not yet. We, we, we will, but not, not yet. Okay, so let's try and hopefully cheer things up a bit. In fact, let's, yeah, let's jump into things that have actually been happening throughout this year. So no point in really talking about 
I mean, okay, not no point in talking about it, but okay, let's just try and dial it back a bit. This year it started off pretty much like <laughs> any other year. We have your early year. There's usually some tech rumors. There's gonna be events like mobile congress, and so you're gonna see a lot of foods for some Android side. Uh, Samsung released was it the S twenties? Uh, we talked about those ones. Those ones kind of just disappeared, by the way. I mean, if you think about it, Samsung is a very loud company. Like, usually you know what their big phone of the year is, and we usually pay attention to the drop of all year. Yesterday's kind of just disappeared because afterwards, that's when the pandemic started, and you know, they kind of just went beyond the background. Everything kind of changed. Smartphones. Ironically, I mean, I just worked on uploading a best smartphones of the year list. And the first thing I said was that smartphones do feel a bit weird and redundant this year, because in a year where you're supposed to spend all your time at home, a list meant on which device you're supposed to take with you all over the place is kind of redundant to say the least, and maybe not all that necessary. But on the flip side, especially if you're living in Zim, where a smartphone might be the only computer someone has at all, it still kind of matters. So that was weird. And then everyone had to get used to it, especially in Zim. You're stuck at home, you're not going to work. If you're in school, there's now what's it called? Quote unquote e-learning, right? Yeah. We can decide how effective that was later. And I don't know, man. Uh, a joke. A joke. <laughs> they were joking. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm sorry. Is Zimbabwe. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I was actually saying the stage. Let's. We're going into it. Don't worry. And uh, like, so we entered this whole part, especially like just after March, where life was just weird, right? I mean. I ended up, I, I love working on this site. I love creating stuff for this modern perspective all the time. But I'm not going to lie to you that it became a therapeutic thing to just keep my mind in check because you literally might not have anything else to do. And we all got to this weird point where even when it comes to like, you, you start by, hey, I can watch some series now. I can play some games. I can do whatever that thing I wanted to do at home, but didn't have time for. Then like after two days, you're like, oh, please. Please take the stop. Okay, I could not have enough of it. So I don't know, man. You guys tell me about your experiences because that was. Whew. Man, um, it was kind of the same for me, but then a bit different. So one of the things that actually happened, which was pretty weird for me, um, when this whole Corona thing started and people went into lockdown and stuff is I like the world all of the world sort of slowed down and it felt like it had now come back to my pace of doing things and it was such a freeing thing because the world is usually really fast and for people like me man sometimes it's just so hard to catch up or to keep up with everything that's happening so for the first month or so of lockdown life was like i will say and and this is probably just my experience but it was really good for me i 
just just so, just so I'm clear, what exactly are people like you? And did you have anything to do with starting the virus? Um, sorry, did I have anything to do with? Starting the virus. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Actually, no, hey? But like, I, I will say, I know you hate this word, um, this word cringe, but like, I think just for the general introvert, the first month oh, of, of, of um, I know, but the first, <laughs> the first month of lockdown might have been just like a very good thing. And this is not just my opinion. I talked to other people who are kind of like, you know, same personality type, whatever. And they kind of had similar experiences, but obviously down the road, you sort of start to appreciate, you know, like the freedom of going out and doing whatever it is you do when you go out. So um, even though I felt a bit like energized by this sort of recharging month that I had, by the second month, I could, I could tell that this was, it, it's unsustainable for me because also, you know, when, the whole world goes in lockdown and um, say you work remotely for some company out there in Germany or whatever, and they've had to shut down. Obviously, introvert or extrovert, your income is going to be affected. And I know like for Zimbabwe, where a lot of people are moving on to you know, remote work and things like that, you know, it's not yeah, just yeah. about being locked up. Your income gets like the the virus literally got into our pockets as well. So you might, I mean, I might have appreciated the little vacation, but by the second month, you're like, okay, you know what? I can deal with the fast paced life. I need some cash, <laughs> you know. So, and, and then people like you yeah, walking around it's, saying, "It's the introvert's fault." Guys, the introvert that caused this. Bill Gates is an introvert, guys. He's the one who did this. I swear. The conspiracies were just crazy. Especially the 5G conspiracy. Yeah, yeah, we, we had a whole talk about that. I mean, misinformation was just mad once the virus really got going. We actually had a whole article about that again, which is like misinformation is one of the biggest problems that this virus is going to have. And in fact, right now, it's still a thing, right? Ever since the vaccine has started. So what you're already saying, like, there's these clashing, there's clashing opinions from registered, like proper scientific and medical experts. But then it goes worse when there's actual, what's it called, noise just from clickbait people who just want to spread fake news for the sake of fake news. And those guys are already starting with their whole, oh no, this vaccine is gonna make you do this, or it's gonna make you, the side effects include A and B, and it's all over the place, man. Amusingly enough though, none of these vaccines seem to be the, what is it? The chip that people are saying is gonna be like, you know, the coming of the devil, and there's gonna be a chip on your right hand and forehead <laughs> or something. And oh, it, 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 it's, it's been an interesting year, man. It's, it's been all over the place, that's for sure. Yeah, um, I don't know, man. Like, even though you learn anything, I remember we would have um, lectures online, and then it was so weird. You know, old school <laughs> we keep going back to online learning. Like, yeah, because it was just a crazy <laughs> concept. Okay, you know, not, let's, let's actually cool. dive into that because here's the thing um, the three of us are in Zimbabwe, so that's different, but you're in South Africa. And you're 
learning in what hopefully would be a different or maybe even better environment than what we were in. So no, no, it actually is better. <laughs> it's better. Be optimistic, man. What is wrong with you? <laughs> no, no, it's better. This <laughs> environment is better than ours. <laughs> That's just it. <laughs> okay, okay. So. Tabio, maybe tell us about your side of that actual experience, what you're already doing, and maybe we'll actually join in on our own. And then let's actually look at this whole e-learning thing. I'm, I'm actually working on a piece about e-learning throughout 2020 and its effectiveness. But like, you know, just having this discourse of different ideas would probably just be interesting at least to talk about. Right, okay. So um, obviously, everybody was kind of forced to move their operations online, right? And suddenly away you had lecturers that would walk in, you know, in class and come and demonstrate uh, and demonstrate stuff. For instance, like in my editing class, you know, the lecturer could come up close and sort of point at things and help you to, you know, navigate whatever it is you're trying to do. And then suddenly that's been cut off. Um, so I don't know, like it, it just made the whole learning experience that much harder. But then you also have lecturers who aren't as charismatic on camera or like you, they were helped by being in a physical space. And then when you plunge them online, like their lessons are just a drag. <laughs> and then on top of that, you have like, just tangible real um, sort of logistical problems such as having you know data going um, the lectures going on and then having um, even just like the time because now you're at home and home life is different from when you're at school suddenly these two worlds are being merged together and you have to manage your time in a way that you yeah, never really yeah. had to before. And, and for you, it's actually yeah, maybe it was, it was, a bit easier or well, not easier, but it is at least different in that part because if I'm not wrong, you're mostly living alone. So at least you yeah. didn't have that yeah, complaint I mean, that everyone was talking about, which is like the Zimbabwean parents did not understand that you're yeah. on lockdown. For them, it's like your home. Yeah. So you're getting exactly. chores and all this exactly. other stuff to do. And you have to leave virtual lectures like in the middle of them and go cook or something and then come yeah. back and hope you still heard, heard whatever is going on. And then what I actually yeah, wanted no, to ask I, was... I totally get that. Oh, sorry. What I actually wanted to ask was, how hard is it to act? Was it actually outside of the actual learning model and what learning was for you? how hard was it to like mm-hmm. adjust to this whole scenario? So for example, internet access stars, because that's, that was the biggest common denominator for Zimbos, okay, internet yeah, access. Yeah. Like that's why e-learning bundles had to come and they were a bit of a mess for a while until mm-hmm. only recently. And then even devices, you had to actually buy a new PC, right? Like partially for your job, partially for school, etc. That's a scenario that some of us maybe found ourselves in. Most of us couldn't get to because most people didn't have money for a PC, but yeah. Yeah, so, okay, like on that part, I will say that um, I am quite, you know, fortunate in, in that A, I live 
primarily on my own. So, you know, there's no one to be all up in my space when it's time to learn and things like that. So, and then also because I was already working online and my internet usage was like a very big part of my life. Like I can, I can't go without internet. So it's always kind of sort of there. That's, um, that also sort of helped me when it came to accessing my lessons and stuff. But I totally understand, you know, cause like some people in my class may not have been able to have you know, that level of internet access or even um, devices that would support the software they're using for learning and things like that. So um, on that, even though it wasn't my personal experience, I kind of empathize and I know that it, it, it definitely wasn't easy. And I mean, yeah, having, well, the whole thing of me buying a new laptop wasn't exactly because of the lockdown. It was just my laptop was dying it was literally holding on by a thread so yeah and then one day it decided you know what i'm done it's corona time i'm done yes no because like 2020 was just taking everything guys come on that, that, that's a very scientific explanation by the way laptops get killed by corona now apparently i didn't know i had no idea yeah. Let's try and shift over to what Tadashi and actually Krins think, because I think you're going to hear a very interesting flip side to like your situation and now the situation here as far mm -hmm. as online learning and stuff is concerned. Yeah. And let's hear it. Well, um, you can start, you can start, please. Oh, okay. Uh, in my case, uh, the online learning thing, for me, a Monday was just another Monday without learning. It was just the same as I woke up, ate, played games, um, watched movies. And people actually got to learn, but then I just ignored it. <laughs> then, <laughs> so I wasn't really affected by the whole e-learning thing. I just ignored it and just made my day how I wanted it to be. And that's so, for keeping up with school? Uh, I just wrote my assignments as usual, which was I copied people. <laughs> and then submitted are are you stuff. sure you want to say this but, publicly? <laughs> I was, was going to say, I was going to say, like, <laughs> wow. What Everybody a at HIT should listen to this. <laughs> I think that's that's the truth. I yeah. just I wasn't as affected as most of the guys. I mean, for me, it was just another holiday. But I'm pretty sure that people who actually cared more about the whole e-learning thing. But then most of the teachers weren't doing much in terms of the whole online thing. Yeah, and so, that's where I actually want I, people to really talk about it on its actual effectiveness. That's that's what I think is yeah. Like, my experience actually dates back before this whole lockdown scenario. Like the first month, like the first month of uh, for our semester, like mm -hmm. the vibe from the teachers already was not. It was not as as productive as as for our students as well. Because when you in some of our institutions, yeah, 
most of the times you're doing the work by yourself that's mm. on campus and now just imagine you you you've migrated to a situation where you will never see your lecture i mean that point the effort from from the lecturer's point from the lecturer's point was not as as good during the the e-learning process and i feel like that's the that was the very the greatest advantage from the administration but then that was not the only problem in zimbabwe the biggest problem was an issue which you've already talked about which is internet like getting data for for either yeah because yeah, i mean was... in, in our experience we'd have people who like haven't handed didn't work for like three weeks and it's like look man i don't have data if you want to send me data to the lecture they're actually saying that if you want to send me data then, cool. if not ah it was to, to receive other students assignments and we just and this actually resulted in us having to redo most of the assignments when we went back to school for that period we were called back four months into yeah because into people this. like cleans were copying yeah so we had to do all the assignments <laughs> which nullified the reason of even having e-learning in the first place we should have just stayed at home and just played instead of just wasting time and data i was actually pretty uh, pissed off about it. Uh, but then yeah know about music but it actually helped me like i actually took uh the time to 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 go through and in my opinion i i actually prefer this version of e-learning which i do not think is the proper way of doing it but it was actually more helpful for me because i got the time to sit down and concentrate on my work more than when i'm at school because when i'm at school most of the times the lecturers are not as effective not the effective exactly but when i was old I have a question now, Shay. Like you said, you you sort of prefer this version of e-learning. Like, what changed? What improved? What improved is I I got time to to focus more on my schoolwork okay. myself at home. Because when I'm at school, there's a lot of distractions. And I mean, during lecture lecture time, uh, you have your lecture or you at your or at your you at your classes, and sometimes. I do not like that environment because it's not as effective for me. And after lectures, we usually finish around six. I'm usually tired and probably I'm, I'm chilling with the boys and we're just playing games and I really do any productive work there. But when I was home now, I had more time to, to concentrate on school because I started with all with this whole way. I'm watching movies and anime and playing games, but it can get boring. So I just I was just like, ah, let me just take school seriously for- Yeah, for nothing else to do. <laughs> Exactly. I was so bored that I, I decided to give school a chance and oh, it actually God. helped me back to school. It was yeah, like it was it was as much as for me instead of learning from scratch. I'm sure Musa was not able to sleep for the, the two weeks before exams. I slept like a baby. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Okay. But <laughs> it, was, it was worth it as well. Here's <laughs> the terrible, terrible role models. Okay. Ter- anyway, look, here's, here's, here's the thing. Trying to hammer this down and narrow it. And what's already been shown here is that you guys, it, this is all about workflows and specific types of ways of working. And that's okay. But that unfortunately still kind of has nothing to do with, um, the model of e-learning itself really has nothing to do with the schools and their efforts really and it definitely does not help when we now come back to tech that 
companies like your uh, internet and your what's it called? And your Telso. Sorry, companies like your Ethernet and your Telso were actually um, supposed to bring up e-learning bundles. And they're the worst thing ever. I mean, you say you bring up e-learning bundles. They're cheap, so they're good for students. Yay, good. Okay, but here's what's, what happens with them. They had this whole weird wholesaler model. It's like people had to go to a school, write a list, I think, and then the school goes to Econet or Net One or whatever, and then gets approval from Econet or Net One, and then you kind of buy these through your school first, and then they get sent to you. Like it was the weirdest thing ever. And the worst part was it wasn't even available for everyone at first. It had existed for I think it was Africa University for almost two months, and only when some publications complained about it, including us, that's when they decided, oh wait, no, let's get what's it called other schools involved in this with the worst ever what's it called model and how to implement that so that was just ugh, no but yeah, was that's... hit included no like we, we weren't actually because the school itself never kind of made the effort i think they ended up being like some society or students thingy that ended up going and doing it for the school i don't know but that was the messed up thing about the model. Here's the thing, whether we like it or not, and whilst we can talk about the majority of Zimbabweans needing cheaper internet access, there are people who simply do not care for whatever reason it is, right? So when it no. came to initiatives like this, is the school itself that had to act as a representative for students and go and be like, hey, we need this facility for our school. But the fact that Econ had even set that up to begin with in that way is a problem because shouldn't it just have been like any other bundle where, you know, you dial in a USSD code or you open the ecocast app and you buy your bundle and that's it. I mean, um, I, I get what you're saying and uh, I'm not trying to play devil's advocate here. That's the last thing I want to do, but I'm just trying to think what would motivate them to do something like that? Cash. And because, exactly. That's That was what I was going to say. First of all, cash. And secondly, you know how Zimbabweans are. Like, wherever there's a bargain, then they're going to do that. So at the end of the day, the student bundles are going to be cheaper. Then they would just, like, buy those. But then it also now depends on what um, the student bundles were you know, allowing like what sites they would allow the students to go on. So if it's learning sites like Moodle and um, whatever, then um, oh. that would be of no use. But I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, just like what would... Of course, this, I, I get it. Yeah, but just strategically. Here's the unfortunate thing. They, they didn't even put that much effort because that told me that an e-learning bundle was something that's only for, I don't know, researching and so on, and it wouldn't open YouTube or Instagram. Okay, YouTube maybe because, you know, there's some legway there for people like us who get tutorials there, but um, it wouldn't open Instagram and Twitter and stuff. People mm -hmm. would understand, but Econet didn't do that. They didn't make that effort. And, and I keep going to Econet because here's the thing, this is Zimbabwe, we live in a monopoly. Whether you like it or not, what Econet yeah. does directly influences what NetOne or um, Telus. The rest of the country does, yeah. Exactly. So 
you're going to kind of set up this model and the other two are really just following suit. And what they decided to do is set up a model that would allow them to have as much profit as possible. How? A, through discouraging people from actually buying these bundles unless it's like the most dire situation. Because look, unless I needed the biggest discount on these bundles, because I think they started at, I think it was 200 RTGS. And it was like 200 for like eight gigs, which was a lot even in earlier parts of the year. So whilst other, like if you want to buy eight gigs on a normal bundle, that would have been like 600 RTTS or something, 600 Zimbabwean dollars just for context. But um, what's it called? So there was definitely a huge bargain there. But the thing was, they didn't want people to go for that huge bargain. So what they did was they would make it so hard to get to that bundle that pretty much anyone who has another option besides getting that bundle alone would end up just getting whatever other option, whether it was a daily bundle or using night yeah. bundles from other providers, which is stupid, or whatever. So it was terrible. And then the worst part about it was you had Net1 and Teleso very late in the game, by the way, but still deciding, oh yeah, we'll do it too. And then when they do it too, it starts to be this whole rise of, bundled black markets like you could literally have someone who would be like um i'm selling an eight gigs of ethernet data for is it like i don't know 350 rtgs instead of the 600 and then dm me if you want those bundles and it was a whole mess of things up until finally even it finally decided yeah this is stupid and that was only like two months ago oh no okay three months ago but still then, then they decided, oh yeah, now you can just buy your e-learning bundles on the whole USSD platform like any other Econet bundle. So it's one of those face slap moments where you're like, how did it take you this long to get here? Yeah, well, I mean, the whole e-learning thing, first of all, that little experiment with going through the school and stuff, yeah, that just sucks. And um, I guess they could have saved a lot of time and energy by just doing it properly, I guess. But um, just generally the world over, um, online learning is really not ready for the kind of volumes that it was getting, you know? Um, they, it, it's just, a very, um, I mean, obviously it became a meme with parents appreciating teachers more to be like, oh my goodness, I, I didn't know, you know, this home schooling thing is not for me, teachers go back to work and stuff like that. But yeah, but, um, you know, it's, this. it, it just opened up a lot of loopholes that um, we, we probably didn't know were there or we thought weren't as big as they actually could be because there is something to be said about going to an institution. I mean, for years now, there's been talks and speculation of how, um, I think they're called MOOCs, but these online universities could replace um, actual institutions, you know, and it's, it's still a long way, like, probably I would even go as far as saying decades away from being something that could literally replace an, uh, an institution because well, that, that does depend seen, though. 
I mean, I mean, think it, about it, it does depend. It, 50, it depends percent of what, on the... Not even 50%, like 90%. Clunes and Tinashe can definitely back me up on this here. Ninety percent of what we learn, we're, we're all people working in tech, programmers, IT workers, etc. And ninety percent of what we learn comes from some Indian guy on YouTube that's paid to our actual university lectures. Like, and I, and I get that it's literally the same for me. Like, especially in classes, like um, you know, again, editing, even like you know, um, character development, script writing, whatever. All that stuff that you you can literally learn all of it online if if you know what to look for, but um so it's it's not that I am you know advocating for um, traditional institutions. It's just um I, I'm just you know making a remark at least on just where we are generally with online learning this or e-learning thing. It's still a far like it's still far from being the perfect model that can actually replace um, traditional institutions. And although I would agree reading all the time. Hey? Yeah. Dude, you said you like the whole time you had to read. You got so bored that you had to read. It's because he was bored. It's not because he was so because he was inspired. It's the difference. <laughs> Just get the man bored. Okay, that's all I'm saying. It's not that hard. <laughs> yeah. But okay, look, uh, speaking of things, you're actually talking about capacity and like, you know, making an implementation for something when the capacity, exactly. what's called, there's a lot more capacity than what's ready for there. And I, yeah. I actually would like to talk about e-learning, but just moving on from that, because thankfully I have a guest spot with someone who might help and what's it called and further explain that for our listeners. It's something that obviously we can interview that person and go further on later. But right now what I'm trying to talk about, which is, or rather what we're trying to move on to, which is uh, another issue, which was capacity and what was provided being not enough was public transport because public transport in Zimbabwe took a huge turn this year, right? Uh, combis are bad. That's pretty much <laughs> the biggest thing. Oh, quote, unquote, quote, unquote, <laughs> quote, unquote. I'd rather die than. <laughs> quote, yeah. unquote, no. and then you have now either everyone having to move under Zuko or using a Zuko. Like if you're a combi provider, you could have moved your combis to Zuko, which for many was a terrible deal, but that did happen in some cases. And now you have this case where we're at, where it's like um, public transport is either you're going to hitch a ride with someone or you are going to get a Zuko, which there's still far less of those than the number of people that are actually... Or you're walking. (laughs) Let's let's not be so bleak, please, okay? No, look look at it this way. You can literally Uh walk to your house before someone who's who's waiting for the Zupko can get the transport to get to his (laughs) house. Oh, yeah, depending on how you live, that is true. And in, in fact, what, what was weird, the only good thing that seemingly came out of the pandemic, not, not the only good thing, but look, I'm just, in, that, in this case, 
they were slightly the ratio was a bit better as far as Zuko buses and people just because less people were going out and traveling more but that's not really a fix because you know if things started getting back to normal and more and more people start moving around then we're going to go back to the same situation where you can spend two, two, two and a half to maybe even three hours waiting for a bus and still not get in it whilst what's it called that's the only official mode of transport available i mean there's combis but those are very few and far in between and for specific areas by the way like they're usually for low density areas you're not going to find those for high density areas and so on, or at least as many so it's crazy especially with illegal combis kind of beginning to rise again but through unofficial means like it's a combi that's not getting stopped because a certain person in law enforcement apparently sponsoring it or something it's yeah i i don't know thoughts people i, I don't know i don't know transport is going to be crazy man transport is going to be hectic and i know it's been bad for the past year 2020 but 2021 is going to be worse bro because look at it this way transport especially taking back <laughs> especially considering how we have illegal companies in play now it's exactly. hectic bro Jay, I, I think for the past three days I've been going oh. into town. I've been trying to get into those illegal combis and all of them were just getting attacked by the police. Yes, you have those that are protected by some officials. I'm not, not sure about that, but most of the ones I've been getting into always being attacked by police. And Yeah, yeah, and you, you know, have a windshield busted right next to you. And worse off, depending on the police person, they might attack you too. From the, from the combis and on the driver's combi, the driver's window is literally a fence or barbed wire that's there. Or... <laughs> it's crazy, man. And this is, we're getting into 2021 like this. And I feel like the government needs to put in place proper because this is just going to end up injuring people. We have just imagine like they're from the set of Mad Max now. <laughs> it's crazy, man. I'm, I'm sure town recently and you've seen what i'm talking about yeah yeah yeah. i, uh, I feel like uh we, we really do need a transport fix because right now the as much as people we have less people going into town and there's less pressure uh when it comes to zupcos and the queues are, are a bit shorter now but it's still not enough it's yeah. still not enough we will definitely need uh more if, if it's more zupcos but i'm not sure if that's possible <laughs> but we definitely need a, a resolution to this transport issue because going okay. into town is, is very hectic. And, and I mean, using private cars or like hitchhiking is not that much better if you just keep hearing the number of stories of like, oh, exactly. some lady went into a car, but got robbed. With hitchhiking, man, because the, the, the legal combis are not safe. Bro. They are not safe. So in other words, we've got really slow transport a death trap yeah. in combis or yes. the chance of getting robbed in hitchhiking. That's our three choices. Exactly. And it does not pick look good. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is, this is pick your poison. This is pick your death trap. Okay, Each one is going to kill you. Like you can die of boredom. You can die of police attacking you or you can die from literally, you know, dying and getting shot or something. It's not good. It is... Ah uh, man, and then there's there's things like the the tap card situation. I I still think tap cards are the funniest thing. Like 
with all due respect, from a technological standpoint, these are NFC cards. That is all they are, nothing else, okay? NFC is a standard technology. It is not anything special. It is not, it's like 3G or 4G or radio waves, in other words, or phones having a touch screen or something. It's not the type of thing that you say is like, you know, supposed to be exclusive. But here it kind of is because tap cards only work on what they're using them for, Zuko Bus. And the ones that are mainly in play are the ones from NMB that ended up having like a deal with Zuko, whatever. But still, it's mainly seemingly being supplied by NMB. And then there's the few that are from, um, what is it called? From uh, CBZ, I believe. But what's crazy about the CBZ ones is that they're apparently for certain employees, mainly government employees, and they're not even to use with normal Zucos. They're to use with Zucos that the government provides to government employees. And I'm going like, what are you doing? It's like you're taking one of the most open standards ever and you're locking it to specific use cases and specific, what's it called? Specific places in this case. And it's like, why? Okay, it's like if I came here with a dollar, like a dollar, like money, right? It's supposed to work pretty much everywhere. Money is money. And then you start telling me that I can only pay that money to a specific person around the corner or to a specific shop or to a specific warehouse or something. When money is money, I should be able to use money anywhere. Yeah. That's the whole dynamic, the whole tap cut dynamic is actually a very well, it actually, it actually doesn't make sense to me because you can literally use your phone for the same thing. But I, I feel like the NF the NFC cards are the technology Zimbabweans required to just fully understand what's going on because most of the people don't trust banks with their money and most people don't understand how um how like bank accounts and <coughs> this gibberish works and most people just want an easy transaction and i feel like it was easier for just loading money into your tap card and just tapping it when you want to board zuko so i feel like tap exactly. cards mm-hmm. much is the technology that we think is the most suitable but I feel like it's what Zimbabwe needs because most of the people are not tax savvy. Most of the people do not know um, some of the technology we know. But I yeah. feel like NFC cards are the technology is a technology that Zimbabweans were ready to accept. Yeah, we are ready because look, it doesn't have to. Not everyone has to know what NFC means. I don't even need anyone to know what NFC means. Okay, not everyone knows what normal. What are they called? Swipe magnetic stripe cards nobody knows what's in there like really knows what that magnetic stripe does at least most people but that's fine that's what happens with really good tech really good tech is supposed to be so good you don't have to know the technology behind it it just works right apple uses this as a motto for and i feel like what you're talking about so yeah my my biggest gripe is you have a technology that could be used for so much more. You're only using it for one thing. And that's incredibly disappointing. I think that's that's the thing. And it's starting to get segmented off. And like, I mean, CBZ having tap, tap cards is good, okay? Here's the thing though. CBZ should have them. First Mutual Bank should have them. 
what what's another bank? Cabs should have them. Every other no. bank should have them. And Econet should work on allowing NFC capable phones because it's not every phone, but it's a lot of phones actually now. NFC capable phones should be able to have like uh, what's it called a virtual tap card type of functionality that's based on the EcoCash app. This should all be available. And the reason why it's not is crazy to me. But can I ask you a question, Clint? With the implementation of, of what you just said, how many people do you think will be able to fully utilize that and use those in their day-to-day -life, day -day life operations? How many people do you think in Zimbabwe will use that? Is it the majority of the population or the majority of the people living in Harare? Okay, here's the thing though. Um, that's, once you start asking that question, there's no technologies worth implementing in Zimbabwe just because the majority of people are going to use it. It's going to be people in areas like Harare and Blawayo and maybe a few other developed CBD areas. With which, implementing that whole, that whole, uh, th those, all those uses for the NFC, NFC cards. Yeah. I feel like they're using, you start with tip cards, that's good. I, I, I'm sure that they have a plan in motion to implement those things because I'm I'm pretty sure they won't just be sitting on that idea. Or, but you never know with Zimbabwe probably. No, no, no. It's, it's not that they're sitting on the idea. I mean, when NMB first introduced this, they were like, this is actually supposed to uh, help with all those big lines that you see in uh, grocery shops and so on. That was their big idea, right? Um, mm -hmm. This was launched in what, 2019, exactly. And yes. unfortunately, we all know the economy was going through a bit of a roller coaster right during that time. And so the idea never fully got implemented. In fact, when tap cards first came out, we wrote an article that was literally based on the fact of NMB should not have to do this alone. This shouldn't be something that NMB is pushing. Even if they're like the first to reach this technology, you know, it's a better idea outsource and license that technology to everyone else, get other banks on it. And then once other banks are involved and have a stake in it, they would obviously allow it to be rolled out much faster. And if it is rolled out much faster, then uh, what's it called? It could actually be used for all those other use cases. You understand? Because it's actually sort of everywhere now. If your bank just started giving you an NFC card, which is by the way, what banks in other countries do, I mean, Sophia can probably back me up on this. She lives in South Africa. She knows a lot of bank cards in SA now uh, are NFC cards. Like it can be yeah. a card that has either the magnetic stripe or NFC. This shouldn't have to be like a big fancy thing. It should just be there. But because certain banks want to do it and they want to make it seem like it's this key fancy feature, you have it being... Oh, you have a whole, you have the innovation of technology essentially being slowed down. And when it's slowed down, you have it being used for specific use cases, such as only Zupcos in this case. And when it's used only for Zupcos and it's already being slowed down, you now have one company saying, oh, we have tap cards that can work for everyone. Whilst another company saying, oh, we have tap cards that can only work for government employees. And that is just the worst way of bringing up any version of an idea. If everyone worked that way, we wouldn't have the internet today. 
because in case anyone is forgetting, the internet started as a military project for the US. And then they said, oh, well, this is cool, but we could actually roll it out for other people, or at least a version of this for other people. And look where we are now, hosting podcasts and talking about how e-learning is bad and so on and so forth. No, I do understand you, man. I do understand the point you're trying to put across, but I'm just looking at probably the perspective of an organization or a bank in Zimbabwe. Because sometimes, most of the times, these people do not have probably the capacity to, to launch full-scale or well, projects. Stop trying to launch it on your own. That's the point. This is like the same thing. What, what was it called? This is um, infra- it's like infrastructure sharing. If you, if you go back to 2015, the reason why the networks for Net1 and even Telso have gotten significant more comparable to Econet, which was not the case before around 2014-15, is because uh, the Ministry of ICT forced them to go into this infrastructure sharing arrangement where, yes, there's still TIL1 and Net1 and Econet infrastructure, and it still works primarily for those people. But the infrastructure is also partially shared and allows, in other words, part of Econet's infrastructure is partially used by Net1 and Telesol. Part of Telesol's infrastructure, same thing. Part of Net1's infrastructure, same thing. And that's allowed internet connectivity and just network coverage to just generally be better, right? And that's, that's what I was saying in the same case. Well, this is probably a need to have with the NNB. <laughs> yeah, well, and we can't have a conversation with NNB right now. That's why we talk about it here and get people to notice. And if people notice, they might bring it to the attention. That's true. Yeah. So that's why I'm, I'm, I'm actually talking about this. And it, I mean, we went way off topic. This was actually just supposed to be about the EBZ cards that are specifically for government employees. But this is what happens when there's what you call ecosystem or customer lock-in. When certain technologies start being locked into certain people and certain groups for only certain uses when it could be used for so much more. It's sad, but it is what it is, I guess. I don't know. To be your thoughts? I mean, um, it's, I, I totally feel what you, what you guys are saying. And, um, well, because it's not exactly my lived experience right now, I kind of, understand like your perspective it shouldn't be technology that's like advertises this all groundbreaking thing you know because it's really not it's years behind the rest of the world which has always been kind of just my frustration with the same is that we're always sort of dragging behind and then we make it seem like when we are catching up we are doing something groundbreaking when really we should sort of accelerate our um our adoption of you know things like automation and whatever technologies out there but um bringing it back to you know i also sort of understand um tinashe's perspective when he's saying you know sometimes these companies don't have the capacity to you know roll things out and you know that's where infrastructure sharing comes into play and i i don't know what you know what what um, 2021 could hold in that regard. 
but I do know that something needs to change and something needs to happen real quick because the transport situation you guys are describing and you know all the stuff that you just see on the news it's it's not it's, it's not sustainable at all and I, I don't even know how you know the country can keep dragging on like this but yeah it's really tough I think that's also the problem is when 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 things are just working in Zimbabwe, people just tend to accept them as it is and no one really wants to change. And that's the yeah. first that's the first thing we need to change as a country is we need to have like we need to be open to to change. So the thing about Zimbabwe is when something is just working and you have the basic minimum, you're just okay with that and you just roll with it. When it comes to water, as long as you can get it uh, from like 20 k's away, as long as you can get it, you have water. You never think about like drilling a pole in your house or getting a well or just fixing that. The the problem is you, if you're okay with getting it, doesn't matter the distance or what you have to go through to just get it. As long as you have it, it's fine. I think if we can get rid of that mentality as a nation, I think that would actually take the first step in implementing bigger changes because. These are very big changes. 100%. Yeah, yeah but all right, we'll, we'll deal with it. We'll, we'll start making changes right here, okay? 2021 is the year of the, the tap card, okay? Someone write that down. It's our new model. <laughs> I, 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 I thought we would be tap cards we be in Okay, we're, we're going to go into rural areas and give people tap cards. They don't have tap machines, but we'll find ways. <laughs> that's, what I was, that's what I was asking, my good team. How about people in the rural areas? What 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 is what what are their views on on like this? They never have a say in this, and I, I know they should. It's so unfortunate, right? Yeah, they, yeah, very unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, we we talked about this last time. Just the continuing divide, yeah. even when we're so behind, just that continuing divide that starts happening between as Auburn who's grown up in an urban area, even if it's not like uh, low density very privileged financially area, there's still a very huge chasm between them and someone who's lived in a rural area for their whole life. And that yeah, difference that is... Uh, Look at it this way. Yeah. EcoCash is a way to sort of bridge that gap. Because with the yeah, introduction yeah. of... Even, even, even people in the rural areas have access to that. I feel like this, that was actually a very big step for, for the nation, but I, I do not know how we are still getting stuck in and, and, and never progressing well, when it comes to yeah, unfortunately sometimes even technology and as amazing as it may be it does have its limitations in like how well something can get implemented or how much progress can be made if the other parts of a country whether it be the country's government whether it be just the country's uh, what's it called GDP wealth and so on if those are still held back then technology can only take a country so far it's it's a shame but it is the unfortunate truth but before we go sad and start talking about sad things again i was talking about that whole chasm between being forward and being behind and to be right actually talked about um what's it called how zimbabweans uh sometimes in government or whatever you can hear us bragging about something that's so behind the rest of the competition so in this case something like just um bragging about 
tap cards, right? Like banks are going to be bragging about NFC cards and standard mm-hmm. technology. It's a good thing we're not Zambia because we would totally be bragging about escalators right now. Okay, that, that joke could have been more useful five years ago, but it's still true. It is still true. If only you, you go see Zambia right now, man, you'll be, you'll be blown oh, yes, away. Yes. Hey, we yeah. still had escalators before they did, okay? And that I'll, I'll take that. I'll keep my escalator. Actually, on that same exact note, because this is a awesome segue and I'm good at these. There's an right. awesome scene in the new Wonder Woman movie where, like, um, Chris Pine's character would have come from the past and goes on an escalator and just totally freaks the hell out. And I love that. <laughs> Wow. I love it. And now we get to talk about the new one. I'm going to be as big as, 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 you, as you just spoiled it for us. Thank you, man. Thank no, you. I didn't spoil anything. Right. It's an escalator. It's an escalator. Okay. It's, it's nothing. Yeah. Okay. You know what? Yeah. I just spoiled the movie, guys. The, the next one of the movie is about Chris Pine's character and her fighting escalators. Like the, these evil escalators that take over the world. <laughs> yeah. <I'm so> spoil. <laughs> And That's what I was going to say. I was going to use this as a segue into the talk about streaming, but you want to talk about spoilers. <laughs> so let's talk about streaming because I'm really excited about that. I actually want to hear your story, man. You you watched the Wonder Woman movie on Christmas? It was yeah, amazing. Okay, so here's the thing. I have a friend in the US. I used this code for HBO Max. I used a VPN. I downloaded oh, it. it. And then after it got saved in the HBO app, I was able to watch it, which it's strenuous, but I did want to actually get what they meant. Because here's the thing there's a brand new movie, Blockbuster, everything off that. Um, it's being released in theaters around the world and in certain theaters in the US, um, select ones, because, you know, COVID 19. Uh, but it's being released in that it's also being released at the exact same time. And it was also released at the exact same time on HBO max, which is the streaming service that's owned by Warner media. Warner media owns a million things, including probably half of your favorite shows, things like DC, things like Harry Potter, things like the matrix, etc. So it's a long list, but, um, Point is, HBO America is kind of going through this whole streaming wars thing now, where streaming is really becoming the next big thing, and that's because Netflix, for the past decade, was able to just run away with billions of dollars, and no one was really challenging them. So now everybody's deciding, no, we can make our own big streaming service. Disney's got Disney Plus, HBO Warner's got HBO Max. We've got things like Paramount and is it Paramount Plus or the Paramount CBS Access or whatever, I don't know. But everyone's jumping in on this. And what's crazy is, I know I'm going on forever, but what's crazy is Warner is, I, Warner Media just decided all the big Warner Brother movies for 2021 up to 2022, I, I believe, all the way to 2022, even some 2022 movies are going to follow the same model. So they might be released in some cinemas, but they'll definitely be released on HBO Max on release date for pretty much no extra cost if you subscribe to that. 
So that means if you really like movies, you might end up just deciding to subscribe to HBO Max for the next year or so. And that's really, really cool. It is. But then it's also a very, very sticky situation because this is a total change to how movies have worked. Like the, the idea for, for the movie industry for years has been movies released in theater, it's usually for like two to three months. Then it has like a DVD release date, which is after the two to three months. And then streaming services came along and some would get the movie on the DVD release date, others would get it maybe like a month later. It would depend, this, this was all depending. So like Netflix might get a Marvel movie a month after the DVD release date. But still now, if Warner decides to use its power of owning so many things and just decides, you know what, we're gonna throw them on HBO Max, that we will be able to get enough subscribers to compete with Netflix and Disney in like a short amount of time. What's crazy is how is Disney going to react, right? How Netflix kind of can, kind of can react because it doesn't have any big movie studios at all. I mean, it has Netflix originals, but that's not the same as Harry Potter or DC. Yeah. So there's this whole thing where, and what's crazy is this will likely maybe be the final blow that might kill movie cinemas. Because movie cinemas have been struggling for the past decade and streaming has put them in a chokehold. But the one thing that they had was those exclusive movies for the next three months or so. And now that's going to be taken away. Oops. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's disruption, right? Um, it just, when it happens, it happens. And I don't know if there's like any way of stopping it at this point, because if people have already lived this experience of like them being able to save money and still get their entertainment and have even more control over the stuff that they're watching, then um, I think it, it, it would be very hard for the traditional cinema model to wiggle itself out of this situation. Um, and if, if Disney responds, that's literally just like, I think that's just the end because they've got everything. From exactly. Disney kind of from, owns everything else. Like, yeah, well, from your besides nostalgic. Marvel and Star Wars things, there's Fox. Yeah. yeah, pretty much every movie that Fox has made now is owned by exactly. Disney. Exactly, exactly. So they they have your childhood, they have your adult life, they have your future entertainment wrapped in their you know personal. So it's it's like I don't I don't know. I mean, I think this kind of sort of works I feel for Zimbabwean entertainment because it sort of demo democratizing exactly Wait, how does it work for us the though? whole I mean... no I, I feel I feel like it it's kind of works uh, it, it's yeah I think it's a better model for for Zimbabwean person not in the sense of like um consuming the content but the sense of spreading the content that's sort of like my my, my thought process I'm doing from like a content creator's perspective you know it's I, I think the whole streaming model makes it a bit easier although I yeah, mean obviously it's, it's 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 a, cinemas for that it, we don't have to destroy I mean hey you like cinemas don't you I do 
Tanasha, do you like cinemas? I do, I do. But... But, but I also feel like that's not the only place I should be able to watch a, a, a very recent movie. On release. Like, guys, it's not like it takes streaming services five years. It didn't take them five years. It would take, like, a few months. The same thing as anyone who wants a DVD. Now it's, like, it's, it's going to be there on... It might be there on the exact date. Just just a quick update, actually. Uh, Disney has not folded. Disney thinks things might be okay by 2021. So yeah. things like Black Widow and so on are still on track. Instead, what Disney did, it like announced a billion Marvel shows and a billion Star Wars shows. And they were like, you know what? That's not. We, we can bank on that for the next two years. And they're okay with it. Yeah. But there is this narrative that if this new strand of COVID Promax decides to actually live up to its Promax name, uh, we might not be okay by the middle of the year. And if we're not okay, then you might see Marvel movies and so on start to move on to Disney Plus. And that's not good for movies at all. But for me, it's, it, it's not, it's, it's scary, okay? I like my big cinema experience. I, I don't want that taken away. That's true. Like, I mean, exactly. it's, here's, here's the thing. Um, it, it's all going to come at, something's gonna have to give, okay? And that big cinema experience um, is definitely valuable. I mean, it's probably the closest thing we've had to like a, or we have left to some sort of a communal um, experience because even in the home, if you've got Netflix and everyone has their own device, I can literally watch the show in my own room and everyone, so you, you don't need to be in the same space together. Exactly. So I, I, value, I value that experience and I know exactly what we will be losing, but we can't deny the fact that people um, sort of respond to utility first before we look into like, um, you know, the philosophical side of things or, you know, social whatever. Are you sure these same people buy Apple products? Because a lot of people do not look at utility when they're buying Apple products. No, okay. They don't look (laughs) at utility. They just look at price. But I'm talking about, I mean, how many small things are going to be looking at you know, iPhone. Uh, actually, Maybe. a lot. They look and then they just stare at it and then they, I don't know, realize they can't buy it or something. And then they spend the next yeah. five years wanting to buy an iPhone from four years ago. This is why we still have iPhone 6s out there, people. <laughs> but, that, but you're making my point for me is that we might look, we might admire what the cinemas are giving us, but if Honestly, honest to God, if streaming gives you a like a, a better experience, a in the comfort of your home, and p for a much cheaper price. But, but here's the thing, though: is it a better experience? Because let's let's start with this. Let's actually start with this. Uh, HBO Max had to go through apparently a whole system architecture upgrade so that it can play in 4K and HDR for the past almost a year it couldn't do that it it was streaming at 1080p which here in zimbabwe i mean come on people are still getting wowed by 1080p on their dstvs so it's not the biggest thing 
But yeah. in more developed countries, in the US, for example, watching things in 4K is a thing. Watching things in IMAX is a thing. And what's it called? Uh, uh, the service had to get totally upgraded just for the sake of Wonderwall, which is great. But here's the thing. Even if they do that, not everyone has a 4K TV. So not everyone can get the movie experience from their TV. Worse off if you're watching it on your laptop or worse off if you're watching it on your phone. Who, who wants to do that? Like- But, but it's, it's a, a, it's very, that's very subjective because sometimes, I mean, just watching the movie, like, unless you're like a geek like you, no, it's, I, I don't think that's a geek. I think when okay, I think it's more of a. Here's the thing about people though. Once you see, huh? It is a it, it is a geek thing because it's a geek thing. Remember when we went to watch that uh, Avengers movie? All people were freaking out in the cinema, exactly. and now consider other movies that were released um, on the same date, and people watching those, you never hear noise from those movies. It's a geek thing, man. People enjoy that. Cinema experience at geeks. That's <laughs> yeah, okay, it's okay, a, maybe. maybe my look, I will say cinephiles are a niche thing, unfortunately, especially in Zoom. But yeah, okay, Tapio, please, please. Yeah, no, but then I, I was going to say, like, you're making my point for me. It's, it is a geek thing. Like, if we're talking purely the average Zimbabwean who's, you know, like, middle class, if they see such a thing, but like, you know, people who can't afford to get by, they might see the, the iPhone, and to use the analogy, they might see the iPhone, they might like the iPhone, but then they look at their wallets, they're like, I can't get the iPhone, so I'm going to get whatever is, like, the next best thing, you know, and then they use that, and in true Zimbabwean nature, you find a way to make that work for you, and that's going to be the same way, um, and I feel, with streaming services, you know, I hope it means, I mean, for a long time, okay, let's talk about this. Before um, we had, you know, College Central on YouTube and things like that, right? A lot of going on YouTube for some people was a no-no. Like even in some households, they would have Wi-Fi that they'd be like, usually it's forbidden because you're eating up way too much of our data and you can't do that. But then, agree. yeah, but then when you were someone who came along, and it's, it was on YouTube, and suddenly it's like, you know what? YouTube ain't so bad, <laughs> you know? So yeah. so, so it's, it's, it's a utility thing, and in as much as people, like, in as much as we are valuing, because we, you know, silly house, we just, we such geeks, and we love the whole experience. We want to see it in 3D. For some people just watching it, I know people who waited for Black Panther to be released on DSTV, not even on but <laughs> even on on the on dstv on, by that yeah, point the, 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 the windy who was driving into town could tell you the whole movie because those exactly. guys watched it. <laughs> exactly but then they waited for it because so that's what i'm saying it's like it's not just zimbabwe it's not just Harare, and it's not just the small you know group of of, of, of geeks that we hang with it's okay, a whole that's, that's other fair. country out there. Yeah, it's a whole other no, country no, no, out there I, and you have to think. You I know, agree, but then stuff if, like this if that's the them. thing, then we go back to like the topic of the basic thing. And the basic thing and the basic truth here is that 
days are no one's forgetting. Streaming is not really a thing here. In fact, streaming is a luxury here. Okay, Netflix is a yeah. luxury. This is Zimbabweans post that they watched Netflix today. Okay, like it's an achievement. And if that's the case, yeah, when in fact it's supposed to be like one of the most basic things, right? Exactly. Uh, well, I posted about the uh, Spike Masiva being put on Netflix and Void, and that was, I think, one of the things I actually talked about most, which is if there is such a thing as an equity Netflix bundle one day, uh, it would be about commoditizing this and putting it in everyone's hands. But right now, it's not in everyone's hands. I mean, okay, the HBO Max Wonder Woman thing, here's why I had to use a VPN. That offer was only available for HBO Max in the US. Now, it's, they have talked about rolling it out. It is going to go to other people, but I mean, to other countries. But as far as that was concerned, it was a US only thing for a while. And here in Zim, it's going to be even crazier because we don't even have HBO Max. We have Netflix now, I believe. Like, you can subscribe for what is a Zimbabwean account, but I would tell you not to just use a VPN over an American one, you'll get more shows. Uh, what's it called? Uh, we have what else again? We, sorry. So yeah, we have sort of access to Netflix, but most people don't have it. We have sort of access to what else here? I'm actually trying to think of any other big service. Hulu doesn't work here. Disney Plus doesn't work here. I tried. Um, yeah. So the big ones aren't available here yet. And what's going to happen here? That movies maybe move to streaming services for a while, and now Zimbabweans kind of don't really have anywhere to get them because maybe not all movies are going to the cinema, but at the same time, they don't have access to streaming. Like, we'll kind of be stuck in the middle. Uh, yeah, and what yeah. happens when that happens? Well, when it comes to Zimbabwe, I don't think it's, I, I hate saying this because it sort of generalizes things, but I, I just think that we're not there yet. I mean, considering that getting e-learning bundles that was, was a very complicated, getting internet for e-learning was very gruesome. I don't think exactly. getting for, for this sort of media or entertainment is 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 in the near future for us because before we fix the things that are really really crucial or critical for Zimbabweans, which is our education, we love our education. Our parents are always saying, "Go to school, leave sports, don't do anything else, just education." And we don't have proper systems for e-learning platforms in Zimbabwe. I feel like entertainment and internet for streaming is actually the biggest biggest concern for Zimbabweans. Because I understand that most of the subscriptions are very affordable, man. I was looking at a Netflix premium subscription. I think it was like twenty bucks, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. I feel like this, dude. You can you can actually get something like a similar bundle to India's, which is like five bucks. I, I so mean, see. that's likely what they're gonna roll out in Africa anyway. And even if you can't get that one, the normal ten dollar one is more than enough. You see, so we can actually you can actually rule out the cost of 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 these streaming services like paying for them and just paying for the internet only in Zimbabwe would actually just <laughs> be too much for you and adding those costs now uh, I don't think yeah. that's something 
most most Zimbabwe's want to do. Yeah, and that's why I'm a little scared, right? Look, here's what I'm trying to say. Uh, let's say this happens, right? Let's say this happens. Let's say um, the time for what's it called? Black Widow gets here. But right. uh, Disney has decided to put it on Disney Plus, right? And, well, nobody here can get Disney Plus. So that's already a bummer. But uh, if what's it called? If Disney's decided to put it on Disney Plus, no one here can get Disney Plus. It's not going to be shown in cinemas, so even if our cinema is open, we might might not get to see it. What happens there? Because everyone's been talking about this, and I actually alluded to it in the article we read, which is it's kind of going to lead us back to piracy all over again. <laughs> exactly. We want to lie about it, but hey, people need to watch the movies. Okay, it's going to be like I think it was two thousand nine when cinemas. In, Zimbabwe, like just around Zimbabwe and in Harare and everywhere, just like shut down when, when things were bad, bad because of 2008. And that's when, what was, his, what was his name? Jack Sparrow became like such a thing. Anybody remember yeah. that dude? Like Jack Sparrow, Jack Sparrow died, that nigga went, went viral. That dude made money, man. And that was, that was crazy. And it was because of that, you were in a similar spot where like movies were a thing in the US but they were not a thing here. And because they weren't a thing here, like people had to resort to piracy to like continue. Yeah. I feel like streaming, streaming is something that is very crucial, man. But I just hate the fact that Zimbabwe is being excluded from, from all these services. I mean, how can Disney Plus not <laughs> know about Zimbabwe to have a con? I mean, we were also- they, they don't really care of the money. It's just there. And look, man, they, back to that main point, a lot of us do. Like people in Harare can, maybe some, but then, yeah. You're actually only 16 million people, and of those 16 million, only maybe less only than two. Half maybe only two can, can afford. Can pay. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that, that's the honest truth. Do you not afford Clint? You've lived in Mutari, in Mutari before. Yeah. There's people, there's people in Kadoma and people all over Zimbabwe. I mean, that notion of saying Zimbabwe is, well, is Nash, look at it this way: can everyone? Can everyone? It's more expensive. I agree, it's more expensive. But can everyone uh, pay for DSTV right now? Like even the most common bundle, which yeah. is like I think now it's going for thirteen dollars. In most households, people have DSTV. No, in dude, dude, we didn't have DSTV for the whole year. Like we didn't. Like it's just the truth. Okay, we didn't, and a lot of people don't. And I, I mean, especially in the areas I live. Okay, I live in the identity areas, but a lot of people don't. They really don't. And that's what we're really talking about here now, which is like, uh, DSTV lowest is going for thirteen dollars. Fine, but for you to have an internet plan that can allow you to even watch Netflix, you're probably gonna need to pay like ten dollars. Then maybe mm-hmm. the other five or so, so you're paying like 15 to 18 to 20, and that's already locking people out. But Clint, remember, you I was telling you about uh, how people in Zimbabwe are not ready to, to have certain technology, and you said if we look at it that way, we're not going to have change. <laughs> yeah, Someone... and you're right. And I'm not, look, I'm not saying, I'm not saying Netflix is coming. I'm not we saying. Have... I'm not Netflix, rather. I'm I'm not saying Disney Plus shouldn't be available here. It should, okay? 
It's it's annoying. Can Strive Masiva please get hired by Disney? If if Strive Masiva listening to this, just uh, you know, give him a call. Give him a call. Tell him couldn't say trust me to listen. But um, if 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 I'm not saying it shouldn't be here. I'm not saying these options shouldn't be available. Dude, I've spent my whole life wishing a lot of these options were available. But I know. I- uh, if when it comes to statistics and them just looking at people's GDP and how much is being spent on what, that's what usually makes them decide. You know what? Nah, they're not. They're not ready yet. But they're not it yet. So yeah, that's it. Sucks, but it's the truth. It does. It does. So yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's gonna be interesting to see where this all. I feel yeah. If we if we can get like better internet service yeah of course that's the that's the bedrock for everything else really i feel like everything will just fall in place yeah everything will fall in place that's that's really what we need just better internet access and more people actually being connected and all of this would fall away pretty much that's true so yeah i don't know for now, though, just please don't kill cinemas yet. Okay, I actually like sitting in those. So yeah. Yo, Mac, experience, Clint. What? I know how how you got to how you got to set up your your HBO Max and. I don't. I, oh, I say, didn't set it up. I used a friend's account. I used a friend's oh, account, and then I used a VPN to act like I'm in the states, and then I down streaming was possible, but you know VPNs they end up cutting sort of like so like it would suck watching a movie that way. So I downloaded it like you can just like with Netflix you can download everything into the app and then watch it again internet right and what sort of internet we're using to stream because most of those movies are 1080 and yeah, I don't yeah. think you can no no, no. I used I used uh, I used what's it called as it does on night bundle I'm not gonna no. say how all I'll say is it worked okay and I'm not gonna say anything because if Tesla catches onto this then I kill me that's fine. <laughs> that is all I'm going to say. That is all I'm going to say. Okay. It's, I don't know. Make a plan, guys. What? I said Zimbabweans make a plan. Uh, oh. <laughs> make a yeah, we make a plan exactly. We I wanted to watch one woman. I got to watch one woman. Okay. Exactly. I just wish it wouldn't be as hard for anyone else to do the same. Yeah. Just just yeah. mention you VP. To you, is random Zimbabwe walking down the street, or just look at you? <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Um, um, I'll leave my dinner yeah. if anyone actually wants to know how else they can get this hack here, us all it's on. Uh, yeah, you can DM me on Twitter. I'm not, I'm not going to be saying it out, out loud yet. Okay, I, I have a life I would like to be <laughs> so yeah, but okay, let's actually finally like kind of move on and block this. It's a shame that Clunes has disconnected, like he's having connectivity issues. He said he did say as soon as it's up, he'll try and rejoin the call. But um, mm-hmm. just, go- just going back into this. So we're kind of like left with two main things. First one is just quick rundown of just the whole, our whole smartphones, of best smartphones of 2020 list. Because again, yeah. It did feel redundant, but here's the thing. Someone did ask me, like, why I don't do more laptop coverage. I actually tried to, but laptops are harder just because, especially here in Zim, laptops release very differently. Like, we even get models of laptops that people in development, develop, 
sorry, developed countries don't get because it's like, wait, how are you still using this? Like they will look at some dual core machines and some Lenovo super cheap machines that go for like maybe 150 in the US, but go for like maybe 300 here just because, you know, it's a bubble. And they want, and they'll wonder, how are you using this? Like, this is too slow. Like, I have people who have looked at me crazy for still having an HDD back when I had my own old PC. Like, this is the, wow, you still use spinning disks? So there's always been this huge disconnect that happens, which is like the big laptops that are making all the noise out there, your surfaces, your MacBooks, your Dell XPS series, and so on. They are here, but you literally find like less than 10 of them, okay? You'll find less than 10 people with the 2019 MacBook Pro. You'll find less than 10 people with a Surface device, at least in a city or something like that. And the majority is like these nondescript have a lot of numbers in their names, HP or Dell or Lenovo laptops. It's like HP 2356 something and... Yeah, so that's why it's harder. It doesn't mean that I wouldn't like to do more coverage of laptops, but yeah. And even in a year where a lot of us were relying more on them, I still went back to the phone because the good thing is phones were still used a lot. Okay, People were still running whole classes from the phone. People were still doing their assignments and homeworks on a phone. So I think doing a list that was still based on phones, even if... A lot of those phones are not really available in Zimbabwe, at least officially. I still feel it was worthwhile. I don't know. You guys can tell me. Yeah. Nice. I mean, a lot of these phones and devices, I actually have never seen a Surface laptop in missing. I mean, I even asked this one guy, I was like, where would I be, where would I get, you know, a surface laptop? And you're like, you can't, it's pretty hard to get them this side as well. Unless I was misinformed then, I don't know. But I've never seen them anyway. No, I, I think it's, I think that tends to come down to um, exclusivity. Like, uh, again, the biggest, or the, 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 uh, the what's it called? Sorry. The PCs that tend to get a lot of hype tend to be your higher, more expensive, more exclusive uh, PCs, which is not the type of PC that everyone is going to run into. I mean, it's even like people who love MacBooks. Yeah, a lot of people will be like, yay, we have MacBooks. I have a MacBook. Okay, it's impressive. I love it. And you have a MacBook Air, with all due respect. You have an Air. The Air is the cheapest MacBook. It, it just is. And the MacBooks that people really tend to go crazy about are your Pros, which are now going for $2,000 or something, as compared to a MacBook that can at least be around $999. If it's an older one, it can even be as low as like $600. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's why I don't, like, focus a lot on uh, PCs sometimes. Just, I, I often say, if you're looking for certain specs and you find a PC with those specs and it matches what you want, then buy it. Okay, that's really what matters. You can check the more exclusive stuff out later. If you're on a budget, it's okay. Get what you need. 
not all this other stuff. Yeah, that's true. But again, phones, that's kind of what we're supposed to be talking about. Well, what do you think? I went down your list and it's like, it's a whole lot, okay? It is a whole lot Which because, one? no, yeah. it, okay, here's what happened. Um, smartphones have kind of gotten to their commoditization point. Like, not, not everyone in the world has a smartphone, yes. But the market has become so mature that not everyone is trying to build the same type of smartphone. To be honest, for the better part of the last 10 years or so, everyone was kind of trying to build what the first iPhone was. Okay, so it's a glass screen, touch screen. It'll have one or two buttons at the front. It'll have some buttons on the side. And that's about it. Everyone's kind of just trying to build what people pretty much call the candy bar phone, right? It just kind of looks like a glass or metal candy bar. And we've kind of gotten to the point where we're at that now. And either some people find it boring or you find there's more you can do or you find that you're just trying something different with smartphones. And that's what has led to things like uh, your foldables or smartphones that are based on a specific thing, right? So we have smartphones that are like specialized for photography, something like uh, Sony's Xperia 1 Mark II. That's, I, I actually made the differentiator where I was like, the iPhone 12 Pro Max, it has the best, is the, is the best camera phone of this year. Whilst yeah. the Xperia 1 Mark II is the best photography phone of this year. And what I mean by that is, if you just want a really, 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 really good camera, yeah, buy the iPhone. If you want a camera that is made for photography professional, buy the Sony. Because the Sony gives you so much control and so much capability with those cameras that you can create shots that really do look like you shot them on a Sony professional camera. Uh, whilst the iPhone, yeah. There are limitations that just come with the software and how Apple prefers to do things. That'll keep you like, if you're there, are certain types of people. I'm not one of them yet. Who can actually tell you if a picture came from an iPhone versus if it came from a Pixel or a Samsung? I'm not at that point yet, but I oh, get it because okay. there's software tweaks and so on that an iPhone just does. I mean, it's like everyone who thinks um, iPhones take good photos, and they do for the most part, but what people need to notice is that they take really good photos of people's faces. And that's because yeah. Apple has put so much work into taking good, whether it's selfies or actually just pictures of people standing. They've worked on that, they've tuned that. But you try and take a landscape picture or something like that, and maybe the Sony might come out on top because the Sony is just taking a damn good picture versus focusing on specific points. So just the face, yeah. Yeah, so phones are really just spread out, okay? The mid-range or even the lower mid-range is just like your 300, 400, 500. That was arguably the most competitive segment of this year because you had things like the Pixel 4a, you had things like the iPhone SE, you had things like, I think it's the OnePlus Nord, and then you had a million Chinese phones that I don't even remember that are all in that price range. That are all in that price range but um, what's it called? Have specs that are arguably as good or better 
than certain thousand dollar phones. And then at least at the thousand-ish dollar phones, you had things like the Note 20 Ultra, which it's still too expensive because 1.3, I mean, that's that's crazy. That's You can buy a car with that. But it's also a damn good phone. Like, it's arguable that don't buy it now, but hey, two years from now, when it's dropped in price, because Samsung phones drop like crazy. When it's dropped to like, I don't know, 600, 500, yeah, it might still be a good phone because it's still powerful enough and probably fast enough to keep up. I should know I'm still using a phone from 2017 and I haven't really, really, really felt the need to upgrade yet. There's phones I like, but I know I don't necessarily need them yet. And then you've got foldables, which they've kind of matured. Like they're usable now. Okay, last year and the year before that, they were kind of a gimmick. Like, oh, it folds, but if you fold it more than five times, it's going to break or et cetera, et cetera. And now on the other hand, you have things like Samsung's Z Fold 2, which is like, it's a pro- you could use this. It's, it's proper, it's great. It's actually really nice to use. It's also too expensive, but it is nice. You have, I think it's the Z Flip, which is like the flip phone. And I, I, I'm, I'm not that fashion forward type of guy who's gonna like it for that, but it's a good proof of concept. It does what it's meant to do. There's a Motorola Razr that does the exact same thing, cool. There's a Microsoft Surface Duo, which is the best hardware unaffordable, but unfortunately the software is still pretty shitty. So I don't know, hopefully they fix that and it would be great. But yeah, it's, it's a lot. Okay, and I don't know, it, it, it proves that we've pretty much just gotten to that point where phones have started being subdivided the same way PCs get subdivided. Like these are for pros, these are for light users, these are for engineers, these are for whatever, whatever is. And of course the categories are different, like this is for photo people, this is for other people, but yeah, it's there. Yeah, but I think that sort of gives you, you know, that um, I think I, I really like what you said about you know, we get all these flagships and stuff and um, the internet will have you thinking that you need to have the next big phone or else, you know, your life is going to crumble. But, you know, I, I think for the average Zimbabwean, just wait two years, three years, especially if you're a Samsung kind of person, you will be able to get that phone um, at a much more reasonable price and it will still function perfectly, I think. So, yeah. What, well, what's been your best? Like, if you, if you had all the money and you could get the one phone, which one would it be? If I had all the money, I would probably get more than one phone. <laughs> nah, I don't... you to pick one. Like, this really? guy's selfish. Uh, okay, okay, fine. Here's the thing, though. Here's... here's... No, but then here's, here's how crazy it is, right? This is this is what has happened, right? Um, the Pixel 3a goes for what? $350. Uh, the Note 20 Ultra, go, I mean 4a goes for $350. The Note 20 Ultra goes for $1,300. If I had Note 20 Ultra money, I could go buy a Pixel 4a and a 4A 5G, I believe, because that goes for 500 So that would only be $850. Uh, 
I would still have like another what four hundred and fifty dollars to buy something else. So I could maybe go squeeze a OnePlus Nord on a deal. So I could like buy phones for my whole family off of the money <laughs> of one phone. If I was buying a Z Fold two, which is going for two thousand dollars. I would probably buy half the phones. I could buy two iPhones. Okay, when I have the money to say I could buy two iPhones, then you know something is expensive. <laughs> that's true. Yep, that's one way of putting it. I mean, look, there is this whole thing that happened with these companies this year. Samsung kind of actually jumped the shark. Like, they, they just decided, you know what, we're making stuff that we think is good enough so we're going to bump up the price like crazy people. Uh, they did that with the S20s, and some people were not okay with it. And then what happened is, especially the corona hit just after. So, like, this made everyone scramble because now they know, like, maybe putting out our phones at their most expensive is not the best thing to do. So what did they do? Uh, Google decided, you know what, we're going to make the Pixel 5 like $150, I mean, yeah, $150 cheaper than the Pixel 4 was, cool. And if people don't like the Pixel 5, well, the Pixel 4a and the 4a 5g are essentially the same phone in just slightly smaller sizes or slightly less powerful sizes, so they'll buy those. And they pretty much just focused on cheap phones this year. Apple, of all people, decided, you know what, Samsung jumped the shark. We won't. We'll keep our prices at... The same prices uh, as last year. So everyone would be like, oh, Apple was cheap this year. And it, it, it seemingly <laughs> worked. I mean, they've got what? They, they now actually even have sort of an iPhone for every price range because like $700 is the 12th mini, $800 is the normal 12th, $1,000 is the 12th Pro, and then $1,100 is the Pro Max thing. And... Uh-huh. It's not the best strategy in the world, but chances are they, they, they've got enough people's attention to actually be like, hmm. Now, I mean, there are some trade-offs here. I, I still feel like if you're buying any 64 gig iPhone model this year, you're being stolen from because 64 gigs on a modern phone just doesn't work. Spend a day taking pictures. Like just spend a normal night out taking a lot of pictures. Here's the truth. By the end of the night, you've probably eaten like three gigs. So it's, 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 it's insane to still be selling 64 gig Meg versions. I mean, the Galaxy S20 starts at 128. The, the Pixel 4a 5G goes for $350. This starts at 128 gigs. Come on, Apple. What are you, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, I mean, I will give them credit for this, though. Uh, I'm not giving them too much credit on the whole 12 Pro Max having the best camera because it's an edge case best camera. Like... Look, if you take a Pixel 5, if you take even a Pixel 4, if you take the normal iPhone 12, if you take even a Note 20 Ultra, right? And then you take the 12 Pro Max, you make them all take the same photo. It's going to look almost the same across the board. It's only like when you really start zooming in and then start checking for granular detail where you're like, oh, but on the 12 Pro Max, they were able to capture this so it looks better. And I'm not saying that's not a good thing. That is a good thing because I feel like it makes it that kind of phone that if you buy it now, it could last you much longer just because it was the best of its year. But I feel like that's not really the biggest victory. Their biggest victory for me was the 12th Mini. Okay, it's a small phone. I have a person right now that I've been consulting on buying a phone for like 
a month. And look, they're really short person with really short, small hands. It's, it's, it's just a fact. And some people, even if you're not really short, you have small hands. Okay, Not everyone wants these phones that will make your jeans fall off, right? And a lot of people want smaller phones. And what sucks is that if you're using Android, you pretty much don't have an answer to the 12 mini this year. Last year you did, you had the Galaxy S10e. That was an amazing phone, it was small. But I guess Samsung didn't sell enough of those, which is why they didn't make an S20e. They decided to make, what was it called? The FE? And the FE is kind of like this whole bargain bin phone. Like they just take, they took, I think the normal Note 20's body, then they took a screen from a Samsung AC something, then they took some cameras from different Samsung phones, then they took the processor from the normal S20. It's like a parts bit for right? It's like a Frankenstein of different parts, and then they're like, they'll sell that for a slightly lesser price, and they'll still call it an S20 just so that you know people can go after that brand. But it, it's a completely different thing, and Apple just took the small phones market and they took it well. I mean, it's, it's a good phone. It was, it, it's honestly a good phone. So they deserve to take it, but it's a shame that if you're using Android, you don't have an alternative. Like maybe the Sony Xperia 5 Mark II, but that's, it's not really a small phone. It's just somehow smaller than the others. I don't even think Sony meant for it to be small. It just happened to be small. Uh, yeah <laughs> no I'm, I'm just trying to process what, what you've been saying and yeah because I mean for me just like I I like to have you know I, I like a big screen I like my phone's a bit big so for me like the bigger the better without it becoming a tablet but I um I do get you know what what you mean and I kind of got your answer to my question um, okay, so what's, not so exactly. what, what answer did you get? But not exactly. So isn't, I asked you, would you what phone would you get um, if you could only get one? But then you sort of just explained that with the way, you know, if oh, you yeah, had all the world, you can't what would you get? just get one. What would Tinashe get? And then we'll go to what I would get and then, yeah. What would I get? Yeah, what would you get? I'd hate I hate to say this because I'm not really big on 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 iPhones. I'm just like not. I'm snobbish and a hater. But um, this year I would definitely definitely have to say what was it the one that we like the iPhone camera thing. Max. Yeah. That's also my. Like, I, I don't get it. You you're a pro. Why would you get that instead of the Sony? Because the Sony is your phone. No, like, it's made the, for people no, like no. you. No, but the, but the Sony, but the, but you said like the Sony is photography. I'm trying to do like filmmaking. Yeah, no, and photography and filmmaking. It's like, like it's got a whole video suite. Like there's a guy that reviewed it. I think it's a guy from CNET. He made a whole. It, it, yeah. it on if he made a whole video on it, which is like proper cinema quality like you wouldn't know that that was made on a phone and he edited it on the phone you see you see this is this is how you know that like i don't exactly follow these things because now i'm like okay fine if, if you would say the what do you call it 
wasn't a Sony. Nah, but I'd still, I'd still stick with the iPhone. Yeah. And I'm not okay. an iPhone. Sure, person, I mean, each yeah. to their own. Sure, no problem. Yeah, yeah. how about I'd you? Still stick. Definitely the, the iPhone 12. The Pro Max. The Pro Max. Nope. What is going on Dude. with you people? <laughs> like, like, this, no. This, okay. this, 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 the 12 Pro Max has a better camera. The Note 20 Ultra is a better flagship in every other way. The screen is better. The design is amazing. It's better to hold because everyone who's reviewed the 12 Pro Max agrees one thing. Apple went a little too far with the size. Like they never made a phone this big, so I guess they weren't used to it. Samsung is used to bigger phones, so they knew like you curve the edges, whatever, you know, you make it easier to hold. Uh, everyone has agreed that if you're gonna buy the Pro Max, you should put like one of those, what are they called? The thing is, we stick it to the back of the phone so that it doesn't fall off or something. Because oh, it yeah. will. It literally will. It just feels too uncomfortable to hold. So, like, that's why I actually gave no phone. Called the Note 20 Ultra the best flagship orange because it does that part better, whilst the iPhone does the camera part better. I mean, it's, it's, it's oh man, you've got very good models here. I mean, the Samsung 20 Ultra, the iPhone Pro Max, even the Pixel. I, for me, it's very difficult to choose because I'm also a very huge Samsung fan. But I just exactly. feel like the iPhone Pro Max just has that edge. I don't know what it is, man, about the iPhones. It, it, yeah, okay, fine. I'm sorry, but this year it doesn't. But I, okay, this is, this is why this stuff is subjective anyway. But, uh, okay, fine. Uh, what am I taking? What am I taking? Uh, I can't. Why do we choose this? Ah, you guys are evil. Why do we choose one phone? There's, there's something wrong with you. But, uh, okay, one phone. Guess before you, you, you choose. Let me huh? guess. Yeah. Did you go for, for the Sony uh, experience? The experience. I, uh, you see, this is why I'm saying I don't want to choose one. Okay, here's the honest truth. I would choose the Sony for the camera. I would choose the 4A 5G because it's it's honestly, th that's the phone that makes the most sense for me. Okay, this is $500, right? You get a mm -hmm. camera that would literally punch back and forth with the iPhone and the iPhone would only win in extreme cases. You get better storage options than the base iPhone models you get a headphone jack, which I still love. You get the best Android software experience on the market because it's a Pixel, but for $200 less than the Pixel 5. You get 5G if you're dumb enough to think that's useful right now, but you get all of that for 500 bucks. For 500 bucks? I mean, okay, you lose what's it called wireless charging and waterproofing. I'm okay with that. I, I'm, I'm Zimbabwean, okay? I have a waterproof phone right now. I never drop it in water, okay? I, I'm that superstitious. So I'm okay with that, but not... So so that's the phone that just... If I had money right now, I would go by that. I know that. But then at the same time, the Sony is amazing for what I do, which is, you know, GZP and everything and how I love taking photos. At the same time, though, I know that I would probably have a better experience with the notes over 
any other phone in this list. Like I, I, I really would. It's, it's perfect. It's close to perfect. Like we wrote about this. Samsung might cancel the Note line next year, and the Note Twenty Ultra is arguably the best way they could end that line. The only thing that phone does not do is fold. That is it, and I don't care about that. So. <laughs> I guess pet peeve, kind of, what's it called? Yeah, it doesn't have a headphone jack, but you know what? They haven't had headphone jacks for two years now, so I can take that one. I, I That's my only compromise. Everything yeah. else. I, I, sorry. I, yeah? should re- my phone. I feel like I should repick my phone. <laughs> now I'm in the Samsung. Uh, Samsung S20 Ultra takes it for me, man. Note, the note. Yeah, the note, the note was, the note was, I don't know, man. It was amazing. Uh, and then, I'm sorry, one more. Just yeah. because I feel like when the software is ready, it would be amazing. The Surface Duo. Right now, the software, oh, yeah. it, it's getting better. I, per didn't, month. I, didn't, want, like, I didn't even want to say it because I was like, <laughs> but yeah. When the software is ready, like when it's proper, I feel like it's what's going to happen here is Microsoft is going to pull what they've done with other devices, like especially first generation where the first generation one gets good just when they're about to launch the second generation one. So by next year, whenever they start launching the Surface Duo 2, the Surface Duo 1 is going to have great software. And by then, I feel it's going to be, yeah, proper. Right now, nah, it's more proof of concept than great device. But yeah, and it still has an amazing design. How they made that thing and how thin it is. It's thinner than normal phones. That's what's crazy. It's thinner than, and it's two screens. Like, ah, come on, man. I like the idea of the Surface Duo, but I don't like the design. The design is crappy for me. I'm what, sorry. What, what do you mean? Okay, are you saying you prefer the design for something like the Galaxy Fold then? Probably the, the Huawei, the Mate. Wait, the one that like folds outwards. Yes, that's that's probably my ideal. That uh, yeah, for, 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 for a folding phone. Yes, and for surface duo is the height, man. It's too it's too short. I need it to be a bit longer. And the width is too. I just don't like the design. I'm sorry. The surface duo is a very very no, no, good. No, no, no. Very, I, I I get it. Like, I don't like the design. Still at that point where there's different what's it called, different implementations of these devices and. Each person and, and running, going with their own, so yeah. The concept of running Android on a Microsoft <laughs> device is just, it just yeah, doesn't settle you're, right. You're like Musa, the guy who decides to get iPhones just so that he can jailbreak them. <laughs> no, seriously. Wow. No, that's how crazy he is. Trust me, he, he literally does that all the time. Like, it's always like, uh, dude, why don't you just get this Android phone? Like, I ah, know I don't want it. Okay, fine. I'm going to get this iPhone. And then do what? Jailbreak it so that I can put any app on it. You realize you wouldn't have to do that if you just had Android, right? Yeah, I don't care. This is what I want. I'm, I'm sad that he's not here. I mean, especially now when we start to talk about the game consoles and stuff, and that's really what he was, like, waiting for. I feel like I'm going to have, like, a second segment with him on another day just for the what's it called just for the sake that he wants to talk about consoles so much but 
Yeah, because that dude, that that dude is crazy. Trust me, that dude is crazy. Anyway, ha, done with phones. Let's close off the year with the thing that kind of did close off the year anyway. The new consoles. Yeah, was it PS Five, the Xbox Series X, yeah. the Xbox Series S. I, I reviews have been up for over a month now. I mean, the reviews are actually there like early December. And the story is simple. The PS- why, you leave, oh, sorry? why you leave the Nintendo Switch? The Switch has been out for three years, man. What the hell? No, but it's still a contender. Yeah, nah, that's, I'm sorry, but the Switch is not, the Switch is competing with your smartphone right now. Okay, that's, that's its competition. No, I'm, I'm really actually honest here, especially if we're talking about the Switch Lite, which is meant for like gaming on the go. That's mm-hmm. its biggest competition more than pretty much anything else right now because mobile gaming is starting to get dominated because... by mobile phones. So, yeah. Well, someone told me the Nintendo Switch was, was, was actually good, the 2020 version of it. No, it is. It is. No, no, no. They, well, they want to put out a new, more powerful Switch Pro, but it's not out yet, and it's more of rumored, really, more than anything. And the Switch is amazing. See, I feel like Nintendo has this way of just doing the basic, like, understanding the basics so well. Because, yeah, if you, with where we are nowadays, and you can carry what's at least around the power of, like, a PS3 in a tablet or so, right, or something that's around the size of a tablet, i.e. the Switch, then why not have that thing be able to, like, be with you wherever you want to go? Um, But then when you get home, you can plug it into your monitor or your TV or whatever and turn it into a proper home gaming console. I feel like, yeah, why not have that? Because that is cool. So we should have access to that. And that's what Nintendo did with the Switch. But the Switch, because of its form factor, does fall short on everything that makes this year's new consoles, this year's new consoles. These things are essentially now high-end gaming PCs that you can plug into your TV and you don't have to download Windows and drivers. Even if the Xbox Series X and S actually do run Windows and they run it so well to the point where you can emulate PS2 and PS3 games on them. I, I kid you not. It's so funny, but it's the truth. The PS5 cannot run PS2 and PS3 games at the moment, but if you hack an Xbox Series X and make it start running something closer to full Windows, you can actually emulate PS3, PS2, PSP, Nintendo Wii, I think, games on it. And yeah, that's the stuff. That's the ironic world we're living in now, where you literally just have access to all these things on. Microsoft's console rather than Sony's because Sony is, these consoles are proving one thing. Sony is bad at software. Microsoft is good at software. Sony is kind of okay at hardware. Microsoft understands gaming PCs. Uh, That's true. I don't know, man. You know your consoles. I've never used a gaming console before. you've You've been a PC guy your whole life. I know. But, like, here's the thing. If you would move to the Xbox right now, you'd probably feel at home. Like, you'd feel at home without feeling, like, the problems of um, what the PC brings. Because the PC has issues, okay? Sometimes you have to get drivers 
sometimes it is. Like, you have to upgrade your graphics card sometimes etc 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 and all these other things and that's just how it is but uh with the xbox you don't have to deal with anything and uh, any of that and just because you don't have to deal with any of that chances are that's what will make you love the xbox man tell me tell me about the playstation man. i can't i can't wait to hear about that one ah, look okay yeah so let's jump into this the ps5 is good like it, it goes out saying it's it's simple but it's good like where it surprised everyone and where it surprises even me is how good the controller feels like you don't go and talk about a controller when you're talking about games it's just the truth you you look at it you're like cool but that's it you you don't go too crazy about it as long as it feels good to play i was, I was actually surprised people were calling it a revolutionary controller that, that does not make sense to me what is the difference uh haptics like the vibration motors, the way the whole controller is meant to try and do its best to emulate the environment of the game for you. So what happens is if you're in a driving game, right? And let's say they're trying to show that the brakes on your car are getting harder to like, um, what's it called, to, uh, to, to deploy because my brakes are a piece of, they're hot. All right. Um, in real life, if you're trying to actually push down on the brakes, you might push down on it and you don't really feel any resistance, right? Because the brakes are not like latching on, yeah? So imagine normally when you press one of those R2, L2 buttons, normally the brakes are good, no problem. When your brakes now have problems, each time you press it, it has no resistance and you have That's no control over your car in the game because of it's crazy, man. Oh, so, so what's happening here is like there's only very few games that have taken advantage of it the main one is the, the one that everyone's talking about is astro's playroom which is essentially for many like a tech demo of what the new dawson's pad can do but there's also games like i think it's modern war ah not not sorry not modern war Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, yeah. It actually has like some really interesting uh, gun vibration effects that are actually very, very different to the point where you actually feel the difference and you understand that it, like if you closed your eyes and you didn't know what was going on on screen and you couldn't even hear, right? You couldn't even hear what was going on on screen. If you fired a sniper rifle versus if you fired a certain semi-automatic gun, you'd know that I just fired a sniper rifle or I just fired the automatic because they feel different. That's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> that so, is crazy. So I would say when it comes to the dual sense, when it comes to exclusive games, that's where Sony's doing it, right? Sony's taking the so old, yeah? So the haptics, not the way it feels. It's like the, the use of it. Exactly. Okay. That's 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 the big thing. It's not how it feels in the hand. I mean, if it was how it feels in the hand, Xbox pads have for many people, I wouldn't say for me, but for many people felt better in the hand than PS pads for generations now. And yet you never saw anyone going like, you know, it's revolutionary because it feels better in the hand. So that's not it. But what is it is um what's it called? Yeah, how it like the use case of it, really. But then there's also now the other thing, which is um, th- these consoles really kind of come down to philosophy. And 
I know that sounds weird, but it really is true in that um, the PlayStation and what Sony's trying to do is really just what they've been doing for years, which is we'll put out this good looking uh, or at least well-performing machine, right? We'll put a lot of uh, exclusive games that you can't play anywhere else on it. And people will buy it for that. And that's what they're already doing, right? I mean, they've also now added the whole experience of the pad to it, but that's what the PS5 is. As soon as it came out, there was Spider-Man Miles Morales. There's been games like, I think it's Demon's Souls now. There's already certain games that are coming with uh, special Sony, what's it called? So Sony exclusivity agreements. On the other hand, um, on Microsoft's end, Microsoft is at this point where they're like, look, man, we don't really care if you're buying the Series X. We care that you're buying Xbox. And what they mean by that is like, they're trying to turn Xbox into like a platform and that you could have the Xbox One, right? That the, the older ones now. You could have the Xbox One. You could have the Xbox Series X. You could have the Xbox Series S. You could have a Windows PC, okay? It's still and, and all of that still counts as Xbox because Microsoft is now making this whole huge um, platform type of thing where it's like, for example, all big Series X games that are coming out for the next two years are also going to be available on the Xbox One. So you could even buy an Xbox One now to get certain Series X games. It's maybe not advisable. I think Cyberpunk is the game that's proving that because it's it's glitching out a lot on all the hardware as compared to the new consoles. But yeah, if you're playing on PC in which you can play with that whole games with Xbox thing, your saves can transfer from your console to your PC and you can buy a game on PC and it might... It, and if it allows it, it might be there on your Xbox. You can buy a game on your Xbox One right now, and that game is going to be there on your Series X for free. Like, you have the Series X version. You can play the Xbox One version on the Series X, because the Series X can play every Xbox game from the original Xbox, like the 2000 and something Xbox. It's, the it's compatible with that. The with that. Yeah, I mean, to the One X, to the Series X. So... It's, it's now at this point where, like, for the platform, Xbox is kind of doing a much better job. I mean, come on. I just talked about this. The PS5 can't play PS4 games, but it can't play PS3 games. And I find that stupid. Like, how? The PS3 is, like, a fraction. It's, like, 0.5% as powerful as the PS5. Literally, do the math, okay? We're talking about something with 512 megabytes of RAM. Where's a 16 gigabyte of RAM machine? How is the 16 gigabyte of RAM machine not able to run games that were meant to run on 512 megs? There's Android phones that are not even that weak anymore. Like how? Okay, so it's crazy how Sony hasn't sorted out their software side enough to do that, as Microsoft has. And it's now kind of at this point where if you want exclusive games, yeah, you're gonna buy a PlayStation. But if you want this whole promise of like this whole platform where you can just keep playing, and then there's things like Game Pass. Unfortunately, Game Pass is probably not going to be a thing in Zip. Like, but it's essentially like Netflix for games. Okay, you pay a low monthly fee to Microsoft, and it's like I think it's five bucks a month. You pay five bucks a month, right? This is like sixty dollars a year. 
but for five bucks a month, you literally get 200 Xbox games per month. Whoa. Like that is crazy. Up to 200 Six. Xbox games per month. For 60 bucks? Yeah, for 60 bucks a year. Heck, I actually, I, I actually still have a Game Pass trial that always like advertises to me. And it's got me on a special offer. My first month will be a dollar. <laughs> a dollar. The Xbox platform is amazing, no lie. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's now at this crazy point where it's like, do you want to buy this platform or do you want to buy specific oh, games? Me? Sorry, what? I like products like that. Products that have a very wide platform where it's not solemnly focused on its hardware and whatever software that is running exactly. the console. Exactly. But when you, when you have services like that, it just makes it a better experience. No, it is a better experience, but then also wins PlayStation <laughs> is, is a brand. Yeah, okay. There's there's people that you cannot find. Heck, I'm not even gonna lie, I'm a diehard PlayStation fan, but I've been convinced that okay, Microsoft might be onto something. Okay, that's how convinced I am. Look at it this way, man. In Zimbabwe, I mean, for in my case when I was growing up, Xbox was more of the iPhone when in the, when you're comparing it to phones, and PlayStation was more like your Android phone because most children had PlayStation. Mm. So, actually, surprised that Sony actually made this jump ahead of Xbox. Yeah, of producing in that the PlayStation 5 is now like a status symbol. Is it a better console? I don't know which one is a better console now, but from what I can hear from you, that is the, the Xbox, not the Xbox series, but just the Xbox platform is just the better experience. But what's the better console here? Since we're just looking at these consoles, I man, I remember I was reading this article about this, about the PlayStation and it has uh, 825 SSD storage. I don't know if that's extend if that's extendable because just from looking at that number, I feel like that's already too small. Yeah, it is. It is too small because if you what's it called? If you the the average game for these new consoles is gonna be around a hundred or hundred and twenty gigs. That's just the truth. The average AAA game is around that. I think it's Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. That's one hundred and forty. That's just Call yeah. of Duty. Okay. And that means if you were to buy five, yeah, five games this year, chances are you've already almost filled up your console. And at least uh, Xbox is offering their like expansion module thingies, like those things that look like memory cards, but it's actually a one terabyte SSD. And that's not bad, but they do cost a lot. I mean, they're going for 220 bucks. That's, that's, that's extreme. <laughs> that's that's crazy. Yeah, but so that's what I was, offering. That's like, what I yeah, sorry. You talked about the platform. That's what I was. I wanted to ask. You were talking about the platform, about the whole experience. I mean, you, you were talking about Sony in the first the first time you talked about Sony. How how it's a great console, but which one is a better console? Because I'm just now failing to understand this. Okay. Are we going for the Xbox Series, the PlayStation? Okay, here's the thing. If it's just power, right? The Xbox is actually more powerful. It, it's been proven. It can reach, it, it can reach higher clock rates. It can what's it called? It it does have more what's it called? Uh, 
powerful graphics cores, it does have more teraflops, which is essentially like the general measurement number that's being used to measure how powerful these things are. Now, to be fair, teraflops don't tell the whole story, but essentially as far as if you were to, I don't know, sit down and benchmark these things, chances are the higher percent of the time the Xbox is gonna come out on top. That's where it is at the moment. Uh, that doesn't always prove true for consoles in that, okay, the Xbox 360 was actually technically more powerful than the PS3, right? But ask anyone mm-hmm. from that generation and the most good looking games were on the PS3, not on the Xbox 360. Like it's, it's, it's just a thing. Uh, in the same way, um, the PS4 was actually more powerful than the normal Xbox One. But if you were to look at something like Halo 5, it could match and maybe even beat some of the best looking PS4 games. That could go either way, but what I'm trying to say is it can even just tend to come down to developers and how well they actually build games for these things. So while the Xbox is technically more powerful, we have yet to see that power used completely, especially now if they're not going to be any exclusive big Xbox games for the next two years because they'll also be available for Xbox One. That means if you're a developer, you know this, man. You have to make a backward compatible game, or at least we know backward compatible apps, but you have to make a backward compatible game now because if you just wanted your game to run on the 16 gigs of RAM, guess what? Now you have to think about the 8 gigs of RAM that the Xbox One has. So that's already a problem. That's true. So, so what you're saying you do yeah. your take is on uh-huh. No, I'm asking that what you what you're saying is the Xbox is the Xbox is the better console, yeah. At least as far as on paper is concerned, yeah. I do think it is. I don't know because my name Yeah. Because my next word was uh I was looking at the PlayStation 4, the Pro. Yeah. And how and how you can how you, how you're able to play all the games you're able to play on the PlayStation Four, you can also play them on the PlayStation Four Pro, yeah. which gives you a better performance and you know just a better experience of the game. So I was thinking that was it a was it a very good move for the PS Five to be dropped without considering it to to support PlayStation Four games? I know you talked oh, about no, it, it, but does, it, it does it does can support them. It runs PS4. It runs PS4 games. Yeah, PS4 games are good. It, it falls apart when it comes to the, the 3 and the 2. And that's what I'm saying. Like, oh, that's, these are significantly more that, powerful machines. Why is this the case? Now that makes sense. Yeah. So it can it can run the... Right. It can run PS4 games. PlayStation 4 upgrade. But I feel what? like if the PlayStation 4 is an upgrade, if the PlayStation 4 Pro is yeah. an upgrade to the PlayStation 4, yeah. why not just settle for that one? Since it will uh, come with, with a better performance. Yeah. Because I feel PlayStation 4 should also, the Pro should also be part of this. No, I don't know. Is it a competition? It's, or it's not, I don't know what, what well, this is. It's, it, believe it or not, it's not. Because just theoretically speaking, the PS4 Pro is, what is it? 
Four point seven zero flops. This puts out four. Flops. The PS Five is three times as powerful as the PS Four Pro. It's three times as. Because right now, you're you're more of a gamer right now. And I'm sure what you want from a game is probably the four K experience, and I'm sure that also comes with the with the PlayStation Four Pro as well. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm really no. I mean, games like Cyberpunk have proven that look, man, there is why she just get the five. Like Cyberpunk has been, uh, what's it called, a, a, a disaster to run on all the hardware. Like, if you've got something like the Pro Fine, it can run, but it's not running at its best. It's it's running at a very very different. It's it's a very different game for what you're getting on the PS5. And what's crazy is the Cyberpunk that's running on the PS5 is not a PS5 version. It's the PS4 version. They haven't released the PS5 version. Like because the PS5 can run PS4 games, it's just like on a PC, right? If you, if I'm running a game on a two gig uh, RAM, uh, maybe Pentium something PC because I'm running it on a, even a Core i5 with eight gigs of RAM. That's already a huge difference, right? It's literally yeah. the same type of experience. That's what's going on right now. That being said. Oh, that being said, I'm in Zim, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm going to likely buy myself a 4 next year. I'm okay with that. I've had the PS3 for over 10 years now, man. And you know that I actually still enjoy my PS3 thoroughly, but... Uh, last week, man. I know we enjoy that one. Exactly. So if, if, if I've had that long of an experience with the PS3 and I enjoyed it, I think I'm okay moving to the four now. And I'm not saying like I'm gonna get you stay with the four for ten years again without getting the five. Nah. I have I will hopefully have enough money to buy the five within the next two years or something. But I this is something Yeah. You always want to have a very powerful console, but you also have a very powerful PC and I just I have a very powerful PC. I don't have a very powerful PC. It's fairly it's okay. But still, you can still play good games. So what's the point of getting a console in your case? No, because the console experience is just... It's the console experience, and it's it's fun in itself. I don't know. They're, they're two very different experiences, and I like both of them. I, I feel like I'm okay with uh, playing a lot of them. I'm, I'm okay with um, playing on PC just because I have my PC everywhere, so I can't have a PC without any games, I will play something at some point. But what I really want to do is, what's it called? What I really want to do is just sit down after work. And I think it comes down to, I know what my PC is for, right? This is my workstation. This is where I have the rest of my life. But if I kind of just want the release from the rest of my life, Chances are I will just, go and play on a console just because it's that much of a break away from what I was dealing with everywhere else. Uh, all right, now nah, nah, I understand, man. And whilst we're still on revealing these gaming consoles, man, there uh, are people like me. Just uh, want one, one, one thing fits all. Uh huh. You're a console person. You're able to. Look- but it doesn't fit all. Like I need a laptop. I need my laptop to be my gaming PC. I need my laptop to be my work PC as well. That's so why I actually. Need that's really why I actually. Powerful, you're gonna need a very yes, powerful that's... PC. 
have you ever have you ever looked into any PCs that might be contending with those um flag with those consoles you were talking about? Well, look, okay, here's the thing. Uh, this is something that people seem to actually always forget. Look, the most powerful, like the most powerful, what's it called, gaming experience you're gonna have is gonna be on a PC. Okay, if you have a high-end PC, then there's nothing that a console can do to you. It's just a fact. It's, it's not even like a contest. It's just what it is. On the other hand, if you don't have the money to buy a super high-end PC, because super high-end PCs go for like four exactly, dollars They're incredibly expensive. If you don't have that kind of money, then that's why you buy a console. Because you can have an experience that at least feels like that without necessarily having to cough out that much money. That's true. Now I'm on to... So, yeah. Can I give you that? <laughs> so, yeah, man. I don't know if you've got the money for a super powerful PC. But yeah, man, go for it. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you to not go for it. But, uh... But I yeah. want you to, to, to experience that, that Xbox platform, that whole Xbox experience. I, I, so I really would want to check that out. I, I do want to get in on that. I, I'm not even going to lie. But since... We're in Zim. <laughs> no, then, I'll, I'll get there at some point, but not right now. Uh, I, I will fix at some point. I, I told you, that's why you see me being like, I'm okay with buying a PC. <laughs> it's, it's not even like uh, trying to feel bad or make some other people feel bad. Look, man, if you can buy a PS5, buy a PS5. Please, you will love it, I'm sure. But I'm okay with the four. I'm okay with the four. So, no man, I, I still think gaming so console experiences. I'm still thinking like the gaming console mm-hmm. experiences is just not for me. I don't know it's not. It has never been. I think it's just uh, like you. You said it yourself. You didn't grow up on it, so like, yeah, I did. So like, even though I've had the other side of things, I, I still very much like the what's it called. I, I still very much like the console experience. It's just simpler, and I'm okay with that. Simpler. I prefer that simpler. Wait, do we still have to pee online? Oh no, no. Uh, she's 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 been on for a while. Uh, she actually texted me. They had a power shortage, like Versailles. Uh, SA. Yeah, I I don't this is consistent, but Zanobi have made its way that side. Okay, I shouldn't say that. That is new. That is new. I, I should write that down. <laughs> but yeah, so she... Memorable, had, memorable. <laughs> so, so yeah, she's, she's, she's unfortunately caught up now. Muza, his views on, on gaming consoles, man. Okay. Especially from, from Zimbabwe. Because I, I don't know, I've never heard any 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 gaming chicks. I've only met one one girl who was into gaming and she had this whole PS4 setup, PS3 setup, I think. She had anime games, car racing games. So I actually wanted to know if, if they are really into it or it's just peer pressure. No, I don't think it's peer pressure. I mean, government, government games. Government games, she's a game with me, but she did. 
Oh, they saw gummo games with you, not gummo games. Oh, oh no, she was actually she she was actually texting me today. Like, she has this problem of like she feels it's gonna be funny when um, you know she gets married or something, and she's gonna be like, if you know how some guys are like, I want a man cave. She'd be like, yeah, well, guess what, bro? I want one too because I want to play my games in another room. <laughs> I don't want you coming and what's in the way. So yeah, Selena Kyle's hideout. Let's I, call I it that. Exactly. She, I, I don't know what it, does. Catwoman have a cave? I, I don't think she has a cave. Look at me now. We're now we're she getting doesn't... completely lost. She hangs out in Batman. <laughs> All right, that's fine. We can we can leave that for now. Yeah, we'll leave it for now. So regardless, well, I think yeah, I think we we've gone way over. I think this this is a good place to like close this up and continue onwards. It's a good way to end. I mean, we've done like what nine episodes. Wanted to do a lot more, but well, you know, Zimbabwe got in the way, the world got in the way, but it's been good. I mean, this is the first year of the Zimbabwe perspective cast, and next year is going to be a lot better. The cool thing is next year I've actually already got some guests. I've got like guests so for everybody who's listening uh it's going to be some really interesting people there's one who specializes in e-learning there's one person who's a programmer just trying to talk about the life of being a tech worker in zimbabwe there especially if you're doing remote work there are is another person who wants to specifically talk about women's uh positions in the tech industry and here in zimbabwe where cultures are a bit more traditional and patriarchal so there's a lot okay and this is without obviously considering our own episodes where you just come here and act like idiots and talk like tech for talk about tech for an hour <laughs> or so but uh yeah so thanks for everybody who's tuning into today's episode thanks for everybody who's tuned into previous episodes uh it's been great the time that you've spent with us trust me it has not gone unnoticed and we will definitely continue to, we'll definitely start by putting out more constant episodes next year. And we'll do a better job of it. And please don't be scared to reach out, reach out on Twitter, uh, reach out on uh, Facebook, reach out on all the Zimbabwean perspective, social media platforms, check out the Zimbabwean perspective. And uh, in fact, Tanashi, leave, leave your handle here, man. Where can people find you? Uh, on the sure thing it's lord alpha on across all social media platforms that's l-o-r-d-a-l-p-h-a okay. across all social media platforms we won't ask what that means uh, i'll just I'll I'll, I'll I'll leave it as a mystery okay the audience can ask you in the dms or something uh as we just follow at perspective sim on twitter and at perspective and yeah, add perspective underscores them on Instagram. Just search this problem perspective on uh, Facebook and I'm sure you'll find us. But uh, yeah, again, thanks for everybody who tuned in. Thanks for your time. Thanks for your patience. And I think we'll be calling it a wrap for today. Yeah. <laughs>